The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Well, I think you covered a lot, right? Um, but the argument, of course, yes, would be the women say that they can't dress how they want to because, yes, of the male gaze and men. And to your point, that is real, which is why a person would say, don't do this and don't do that, right? And then a person would say protection requires submission because the, the other third of the conversation is that men should protect women statement then it says that all right what are the what are the parameters and what are the qualifications right that would allow you to protect those women right so how can you fit within the requirements that would allow me to protect you right and this doesn't go just for women it's like if you got children Right, if you, if whether it's my brothers, whether it's anybody that asks for my protection, they have to also take my advice, right? Because part of protection is the same way if you have a security detail and they say, well, listen, if we, if you want to go here, we can go here, but this is how we have to go, right? Um, here's the people that's going to be there. This is the way we need to move. I would advise you not to bring this. I would advise you to move that way. I would advise you to leave at this time. This is the best way I can see as the safest path. Or they say, I don't think we should go at all because we did the math, checked it out. I don't think it's a good decision, right? And so if you say, ah, forget all that, let's just go. You're putting yourself in danger. You're putting them in danger. So now, not only they have to protect themselves, they have to protect you. So that's really not, protection is, of course, pro- before, right? So if a person does not listen and submit and they don't fit within a criteria, because even if, let's say, you know what, there's certain people that we won't protect because let's say you do too many things that are too at risk. You are very high risk detail, right? So there's like certain rappers maybe want to do too much. They want to go all the jury to the hooded spots, yeah, yeah. right? And, and be doing too much in the security. Like, listen, man, you putting us in danger. I don't think we can cover this. Yeah, they can't assure you. Know you right, they want to assure you. They won't even take you as a client. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people that can't be taken as a client for mm -hmm. this idea of protection. Mm -hmm. Then you have a society of young males who are not protectors. Yeah, they're not even qualified. Then yeah. not only if you are protecting, you're usually a lone wolf. Mm -hmm. So if you're a lone wolf, you're out there by yourself standing up in a society to fit the traditional role of what mm -hmm. you assign as one of 
you know, your core values, mm. right? And things that you should do based on how you identify self. But then when you do it, nobody has your back. Mm -hmm. So now you start creating this. And, and I'm speaking on like, this is how males are thinking. They're creating 100%. these assessments to say, man, shit, I'm not going to stand up because if I do, nobody's going to bail me out. Nobody is going to help me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this person that I'm trying to help, they might not even appreciate me. Mm -hmm. So this is the, the conundrum of society, right, right. right? That protecting... As a male who fits into that standard of what I believe is the original masculine right. right identity, I also understand that society is no longer pushing the prevalence or the narrative of the original masculinity mm -hmm. while at the same time asking for some of the responsibilities that come along with that to be yeah. adhered to. And while not celebrating it in any aspect, in media, and music, in <clears throat> culture, on social media, nowhere. Yeah. So it's like, it's an, it's, and, and this is just speaking towards a realistic thing that you have to kill the expectation that males are going to behave in this original masculine yeah. manner. It's no longer the reality. Mm -hmm. Most of them don't know how to protect themselves, so they're not going to be able to protect anybody else. Mm -hmm. Then you have the climate of this so-called gender war where males are against females and females are against males, yeah. right? So both of them are dogging each other. Right. Then the black males, specifically, if I'm speaking from my culture or climate, but this is not just from, it's a societal thing. It's not just a black cultural thing. Mm -hmm. They say, well, listen, Black women dogging us on social media, so now they got this attitude about themselves. Bitterness, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's feminine or whether it's girly or whatever it may be, mm. you know, this is their attitude. You have to be able to assess things for what they really are, not mm. what you think they should be or want them to be. Right. So you have to, okay, I'm realistic. This is reality. This is one, two, three. Because we, I've seen, you know, there's articles about, like, women going missing in this day and age just out here in... in and there's these two models in L.A. that, you know, uh, blocks from each other. Both were models, you know, right, that were killed or mm -hmm. they died, right? Rest in peace to them good sisters and their family. And it's like you think about those things and it's like how do we prevent those things, mm -hmm. right? How do we have a society of prevention, mm -hmm. right, so that the protection is not even – so the prevention is the protection right? versus exactly. we have to now get <clears throat> vengeance. Yeah. So – that draws me into, no, I, I don't believe in a matriarchal society whatsoever. I think it's a fantasy world. You know, it's like some Xenos type stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But also, I've seen so many patriarchal institutions, systems, and organizations fail mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over right. again. I know the collaboration is the only thing that matters. Right. Yes, we live in this world that is ran by forces that have been doing this for so long. It's a war. It's a battle. It's power. The power can only be, it can be understood as a spiritual system, right? Esoteric system, mm -hmm. right? A psychological system, right? But it is a logical system that one goes to to maintain this power that has mm -hmm. to be fought a certain way. Mm -hmm. Forces can come to disrupt that, mm -hmm. right? And I believe women do have the power because I look at it and I say, it's a reason why women are at the forefront of 
the face of dismantling white supremacy. Oh yeah. Right when it comes to it's going to be a black woman that's going after the politicians that's crooked, mm -hmm. or a black woman that's this, that, and the third. Women do have a power. The thing is, is that it has to be in collaboration and cooperation. Mm -hmm. All men can't be the enemies. All women can't be the enemies. We can't mm -hmm. speak in blanket terms because we don't leave nuances for us to have cooperation. Mm -hmm. So this is an operation for both of us to have a just future. It has to be a cooperation. Right. I say this in so many episodes. Black men have the worst statistics of all groups. Mm -hmm. So we're not at this point of privilege. We're mm -hmm. not at this point of thriving so high yeah. that we are, we are just killing it in patriarchy. Mm -hmm. No. We're <laughs> we don't experience none of that at all. White patriarchal systems, or let's just say American systems, right? Because I've never in my life seen a black male fund. Mm -hmm. Never yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Never do I see, hey, Chase Bank have a fund for black males. Mm -hmm. And when you say it, it's like, well, why would they need to? Because you have to address the systematic issues that have happened. It's the same reason that women have funds. Mm. And every other group have funds set up because they're saying that this group has had a wrong done to them right. and to address that. And you can go by every decade from 1910 to say, okay, what was going on? Okay, we had, of course, overt racism, murder, killing, destruction, mm. white supremacy at its all-time high to the 20s, right, to the, to the 30s. Right, where you're talking about the, the going through the depression area, the 20s, of course, we were going through Black Wall Street destruction, like destruction of towns, right? Coming out of the depression era into the 40s, right? You know, you're going into the war, right? Yeah, coming out right. of the war, you're going into the war effects. Now you're coming Civil out of the war, you got the drugs, you have PTSD Peace. going into the 60s, you have this Afro-Asiatic, you know, uh, a militant revolution, then that is. Of course, more drugs thrown into it, and then it becomes, you know, this psychedelic era, right? Mm -hmm. To where then media starts to throw in things like Superfly, the media programming <laughs> changes the militant gangster, mm -hmm. right, into the pimp, right, and the player, and then the drug dealer, and then you got 80s, yeah. right? Now we're talking about blood, crib, gang the wars, gang, yeah, yeah. crack. Right, 90s, the hyper-masculine era, over-polarized, hip-hop, fighting against the system, right, until it start to turn to Biggie and Pop beat, fight against each other, right, then the 2010s, the effeminization, right, over-technology, police, and 2010s is an effect of all of those eras, Yeah, yeah. right, so now you're looking at the side effects of all of these wars from every single decade in America over the last century, and then you get up to 2023 and say, y'all niggas ain't shit. It's right, like, whoa, right, right. we have to regard the whole thing. And that's the high-level view, because when we look at women, women were there going through the same thing, yeah, yeah. plus dealing with the fact that they're in a, 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 a patriarchal world dealing with it as well. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I empathize because I look on both sides. Yeah. It's that feeling of powerlessness for women and socially, um, you know, because, and that's why they're so effective in their fight against the power structure right now is because the system really can't deploy the same methods to deal with women as they do with us, right? Mm -hmm. And also because they may even be more tactful uh, in their approach to to dealing with these situations. I know I'm not going, to, I can't really go somewhere and stand outside with a bunch of signs and, and, and yell. And not to 
say that their methods are inefficient, but maybe it's just something, as being a man, I feel like I have to do something, whether it's with well, my hands or be actionable. I wouldn't but. say I wouldn't say that, because women were always at the forefront, in the background, and in, in, in co-creation oh, yeah, yeah. of every single movement that we've had. Right. Right? Every great black male leader had a beautiful woman beside him. Not behind, beside right him. Right there, yeah, yeah. That was his advisor. That was his shit, his co-general, mm -hmm. making sure everything was solid. That was his, his eyes and ears. But what, what I more so mean is that they didn't assassinate Coretta. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the, the, the way they have to deal with them, the uh, men and women, the system deals with us is just going to be different because of our approach. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think the best solution for us is really... To, to gain a self-awareness and kind of reevaluate what we want our roles to be in this new type of society when, okay, you know, women can do this now. We can. It's, you're not walking through the jungle anymore late night getting attacked by whatever, you know. At least not you, in America. Right. It's still happening in parts of the continent. But yeah, you can come to the workforce. You can do certain things. Not every job is as dangerous. Most jobs are on the internet now. So, you know, um, but as we do reevaluate those dynamics, once money comes into play, that's also, it's like any any business. Now we have to delegate power. And who are we going to say is in charge of what in a relationship? And that will be handled by a, you know, relationship by relationship business uh, basis. Problem with that is how do you build socially when your community doesn't have an edict or a codified way of governing your relationships? Because that's how we can all come together. My family meets your family. You, I know your wife is on the same as my wife. We all have that same governing code. Mm -hmm. So now we have an algorithm. We, we're a system and uh, we can become a body. That's it's just the most, that's the more interesting side that we have to kind of, as a community, yeah. as a people come together and assess. I just know that empathy, more empathy has to be employed. Fact. So much more empathy on both sides. When mm -hmm. I think about the black man, I think about the black woman at the same time. Mm. The exact same time. Mm. It's never a separation. I know men that are just, the mental health issues within our community are frightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. What's happening to us, mass incarceration, you know, um, it's, it's really destroying some of our best and brightest. Mm. Would you yeah. say we're under genocide, like active genocide? When you look at our deaths, when you look at um, sterilization attempts, uh, like yeah, there should be no point of society. incarcerations. This 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 should be a state of emergency that every group looks at, especially in America. America is in a phase of losing its inf influence over the world. Mm. People used to want to be Americans. <laughs> right, right, right. You can't say that around the world. No, I go out people, the country, I try to look like I'm, I'm from right, there now. People look at Americans, you cocky, arrogant, yeah. ignorant fools, like, you guys don't know nothing. Why? But look at our last presidents, <laughs> right? We got Trump and we got Biden. That doesn't make America look Bro. good at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so, you know, when, when you go look at, you know, the presidents have a very huge psychological effect on the rest of the world. Donald Trump did not make America look good. Mm. Right, he made America look buffoonish, mm. right around the world. Like that's y'all president, okay? Right, right. right? 
Obama era made America look racist as hell, mm. right? White folks out there protesting, asking for Donald Trump, asking for his birth certificate, and all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. Yo, America could no it's longer hide time. from a global brand perspective, mm. right? What it was, yeah, yeah, right. So from Obama era, the rest of the world looking like, dang, America over there racist as hell. <laughs> Right, you got BLM popping up with huge protests about murders of young black boys, Mm -hmm. right, and young women. So that changed America. Like, damn, it's dangerous over there. I thought the racism was over. Mm -hmm. They're not that informed about what's happening over here. So the huge news stories are what informs their their ideas that are formed about what America is in Mm -hmm. reality. Yeah. Right, and this is why the global news is more important. Nobody. People in other countries don't know about local news. Right, None of that right. matters. Mm-hmm. The nuances of how we view ourselves, they don't know nothing like about Geopolitics that. is... They know, you know 50 Cent more than they know Malcolm X. Right. Right? They're going to know Drake before they know Minister Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're not connected to our social issues, social identity, consciousness... None of that stuff that we view ourselves from, accomplishments, mm-hmm. innovations, inventions, none of this stuff. Big news stories. Right. Entertainment. That's what gets exported. So America, you know, is in a 500-year point where no nation has gone before. No mm-hmm. empire, rather. There's no, there's no history to study besides decline, mm. right? So when you only have a history of decline... Because usually you can go look back at history and say, okay, what's the next thing to do? Mm-hmm. You don't have that with this empire. Yeah, yeah. Right? We've reached that mark, that the point of no return for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So there's this dark space. Right? And so what do you do when you get to that point? Man, you have to haul ass. Right. You got to right. pull out every, every, everything that you've you got, thought about yeah. doing. This is now your end game. Mm-hmm. This is this is the point in time where you pull out all the tech, all of the operations. You pull out every single thing that you can to do what? Maintain power. Mm-hmm. So the one brilliant thing that America could do, and I'll get this to you, America, for free. One brilliant thing. That <laughs> should be game. a great national interest to America, yeah. to make America great for once. Right. right? And when I say for once, I'm talking about a place that is full of freedom, justice, and equality, right? If it doesn't have that, it cannot be great. Mm -hmm. We can excel in innovation. We can have all these different things. Without freedom, justice, and equality, it it won't work. And how do you do that? Give equity to black men and women. Yeah. So So we have a stake in... in What happens if the prison population decreases? What happens if that population that is the least educated... The least finance, get educated in finance. Mm-hmm. What happens if you give the proper medical and healthcare attention, right, and, and help transform and revitalize those neighborhoods to mm-hmm. increase a better quality of living, mm-hmm. right, to young black men in America, right. right? What happens when that becomes the backbone of America, not from a cultural influence standpoint, right? I'm talking about the ideas of young tech gods like yourself saying that that 1.3% that goes from funding, mm-hmm. right, that they now trying to like even make it even worse because they said they don't believe in diversity, inclusion, and equity yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. So anything that was going they're up... They're saying that's benefit, racist now. Yeah, they're know? saying that that's the new racist. It's, it's, it's specifically <laughs> focusing on groups. Mm-hmm. So, But what happens if you do that? You rise America up because not only, number one... We have the influence. Mm-hmm. The influence means that we control the spending power mm-hmm. because we decide what's cool. 
Mm. If you decide what's cool, the person buys what's cool with the money that they have. Yeah, yeah. So now, black America, black men and women, we have the ability, look at what's happening with Deion Sanders in Colorado. It mm. is a pure the example of crazy. controlling influence crazy. and spending power. He's, millions of people took their money out of whatever budget they had for accessories and decided these are the ones I'm going to spend. <laughs> yeah. They went from a ticket price that doubled up, tripled up, right, to go buy a ticket. People are flying out there. Why? Because yeah, yeah, influence yeah. controls spending power. Mm -hmm. The average American makes somewhere around $34,000. They have to break that up into different segments from housing, from transportation, from Crazy. food, right, from entertainment. So all of those things have to be broken down. Now, everybody can't get a pie of that, piece yeah, of that yeah. pie. So you come and say, hey, these are the coolest clothes. These are the mm -hmm. coolest glasses. This is what you should watch. This is what you should read. This is what you should look at. This is mm -hmm. where you should invest, right? So now, if you buy the culture, you buy the power that comes with the culture, which is the influence over the spending power, which is worth trillions. Mm -hmm. So an influencer that has a community of 100,000 that make $30,000 and they average person made 30,000, that's $3 billion, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, that you yeah, have yeah. potential in having influence over that spending power. Mm -hmm. So this is your true value, right? That they look at as you are a small economy, but you just don't have structure behind you. Yeah, yeah, you put yeah. structure behind your influence and you go independent, now you have the power of a small nation, yeah, yeah. right? So they don't want us to realize that, but it's saying, okay, well, how about y'all just work with us in cooperation? Like, just cut out all, like, America will never be able to go and realize its true, or, 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 true potential unless it worked in cooperation with the melanated people in America mm -hmm. and right the wrongs of the social, civil, and criminal injustices that they have done, right, to the builders of America mm -hmm. and the founders of America and those people that were here, some that were brought here. Right. But this is how you make America great. This is what yeah. it takes and say, all of this money that they spend on venture capital, mm -hmm. billions of dollars. Right, right. And only 1.3% goes towards so-called minority groups. So hundreds of billions to you. Less than one percent goes to black men. Mm. Right? And we be fighting black women be like, well less this less goes to black women. We still fighting for less for, the, for the crumbs, yeah. So it's not a fight or a competition. Yeah. So and this is why I say when I don't see funds for black men as if that's not something to address as well, mm -hmm. to me it's crazy. So what happens when you change the funding power mm -hmm. of black America? Idea explosion. Mm. Innovation goes crazy. Crazy. Right. Our ideas are amazing. Mm -hmm. Not only that, our influence behind the ideas. Now everybody's going to want to support, right? Mm -hmm. Now instead of you just supporting a rapper and you know you want that influence over in Saudi Arabia, right? No, what about their ideas? Right. You're seeing them for only one portal, and you're missing out on the most, the best Crazy. aspect, which is their perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and their intelligentsia. So this is where I say America's missing the driving the last back. hope is the investment and the reparation of Black America. It's his right. last hope. Right. It, it's it's wild because we actually are the our culture is the standard of like you said what's cool and what's corny. And that being said, you know you spoke on media and the importance of media and, and steering objectives for society. 
um, because the priorities of a society are the ones that are given out through media. It's why in, in China you have more engineers. It's that's what they're taught to prioritize in all of their shows. Mm -hmm. This kid's a coder. This kid's a builder, or whatever the case may be. But um, by just repurposing, you, you can repurpose a society that way. And we have no stake, black people in America. That's why you know, oftentimes when people say, "Oh, if there's a war here," people ain't gonna mess with us. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, Which is not true. But right, no, of course not. They but however, if we had the property, if we had the businesses, if we were tethered to the infrastructure of America, then we'd do a little bit more to um, to defend it. But what's interesting about the us defining culture, defining hip is, if we were more unified and on code, we could create our own supply and demand. You know, we could create a demand for things that we can supply because we would be determined what's cool. We, we determine what's hot tomorrow. So the demand for it right now. But we're not leveraging our magic because that's, I, I truly believe that's what it is. It's, it's something, I've always said that, you know, in the human family, black people are the subconscious mind of the human family. And what I mean is, you know, when you look at European societies and how they organized, and what we were talking about even yesterday, they will study everything. They're meticulous about every, you know, fine comb through all of nature. Let's leave this humidifying uh, reader in the middle of the desert for no reason, just to track it and map it. Whereas our people are so innovative, we, we create things with no patent. That's why most of the things were just mm -hmm. invented. We, we want it done. We want to make our lives easier and then get it back to our quality of life. We are very um, a, uh, kinesthetic people. We're, we're big on experience. So, and it's kind of the way in psychology that we have the conscious and unconscious mind work. The organizer is the, the waking mind. The one that's like, okay, I got to do these tasks today, put these things in order. But let's say I close my eyes or I'll, I'll do a mundane task like, I don't know, cleaning up or something. That's when the subconscious mind gets creative and can solve problems. They call it unconscious incubation. And even in hypnosis, it's it, the, they leveraged this technique. You know, when you stare at the pendulum going back and forth mm -hmm. or when a hypnotist or psychologist goes to tell you a story, what they're really doing is occupying your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Why? Because once I got your conscious mind in this loop, I can work, the, the subconscious mind mm -hmm. can go play and work. And, when I, you know, when I look at the, the psychology of just humanity, I, I see that in us. We're always, we're that playful people, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, we, we'd have to leverage that though, you know? We're a special part of the code, you know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, we haven't learned how to code ourselves. Everybody yeah. else knows how to. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, 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 they know how to help, how to utilize us for their algorithms. And, not, and that's for society, not just our mm -hmm. culture. Because I feel like we use the word culture a lot, but it's really society at this point, mm -hmm. right? Like, I feel like we isolate ourselves from societal problems, mm -hmm. even though society is dealing with the same exact problems so it's in a <laughs> yeah, different yeah, way. Yeah. So it's like when we talk They're about like male and female dynamics as if that's only happening in black culture, it's not true. It's mm -hmm. happening in society. When we talk about the effeminization of males, that's not just happening in black culture, that's happening mm -hmm. in society, right? Right. This is why you, you get this new manosphere that pops up and people always demonize this manosphere, but you got to look at what created the necessity for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. What you, environment? You, you yeah. can never talk about the branch of something without getting to the root of mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. 
why are these young men feeling so disempowered? Right. It's not just because women are being empowered. That's not. It's, it's just not some natural progression that this has happened, mm -hmm. right? It, it's because of the camp, and and also this is why we get back to capitalism. Capitalism controls and has a greater degree of influence over these new social realities mm -hmm. than any activist ever, <laughs> right? It goes right. back to the Edward Bernay thing, like women started smoking cigarettes when that was a white male thing at first and they mm -hmm. felt more empowered. Right. That had nothing to do with actual true freedoms and actual mm -hmm. true rights or anything. It was so that the corporations could make more money. Right. And if, when you don't realize that they've mastered these techniques over time and you don't take inventory, same thing with me. My ideas can be completely right or completely wrong, mm -hmm. right? They could, I could, I could be falling into, right, some uh, mind manipulation from mm -hmm. the way I've grown to see the world. But I'm mm -hmm. empathetic with myself enough to try to constantly take inventory right. to grow and develop. Mm -hmm. I, I don't assume I'm 100% right, right. Yeah. on anything. I don't want to be manipulated by any outside factors and forces. I want mathematics. Yeah. They didn't create mathematics. You yeah, discover yeah, yeah. it. Right. Truth is something to be discovered, not created. Mm -hmm. Right? The lies are created. The truth is something you discover because God already created everything. Right. Right? So when you start creating things, it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. You can only discover what's already here and then use it. Yeah. So for me, there's already a math that is correct mm -hmm. and I just exactly. need to understand the way the world operates. Right. It's one, it, math itself is, you know, it's a set of rules. It's, the the numbers themselves are like placeholders, right? Mm -hmm. They're just values. But essentially, you know, seven is one seven times. It's yeah. telling you how many times one has been replicated since yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we're all ones. Right, yeah. So now under, with that understanding and, and seeing everything as values on a spectrum, and in curating them in a way, or no, curating our own perception of whatever spectrum to, to be better in alignment with uh, not our individual goals, but, no, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. How do we align our individual goals with our social goals? Because like you said, they're not individual problems. They don't happen in the house. Society is made up of individuals. They're made up of families. Mm -hmm. And... Um, capitalism as an idea, you know, when we talk about media, what is media? The propagation of ideas, when, when Ed Bernays played on psychology for these ideas, Nietzsche said, more than survival, the will to power governs a, a person's drives, your purpose, everything, your, your dreams, all of that. He, he believed that evolution wasn't driven by the need to survive by an idea and even quantumly speaking you know waves they propagate they they every idea wants to expand um, touched on it briefly earlier when we were saying okay well if something's in your mind put it in somebody else's mind and it had me thinking i'm kind of tangenting but i'm bringing full circle but it had me thinking as well you know is that was that idea mine in the first place mm -hmm. or is this idea a numerical truth independently Right. Of you and I, and it wants to put itself. It's time for itself to manifest itself in this system. Right. Um, the idea of ownership within itself is is egotistical. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what can we own? Right. Possession is is like is a form of control, mm -hmm. and that form of control comes from a fear. Right. Right. 
when, when you're confident in your creator, you don't need to have this incessant need of control, mm-hmm. right? Because all things will work in favor. Because I work for the person who creates the favors. Right, right. Right? Like, I'm, I'm doing the things he's telling me to do anyway. It's what mm-hmm. I want to do, then it's what God wants me to do. Right. And as long as I do what God wants me to do, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, this idea of, like, ownership over ideas. Mm-hmm. I'll give so much away through high level. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, things that took me, I took years of studying, and I just come on here, and I yeah, just say it openly, right. and here's your ideas. Right. Here's the thought process. Here's the patterns. Nobody's Try, paying yeah. me for that. Nobody's directly saying, okay, Keith, thank you for this. Here's a million dollars. You just helped my business yeah. go up. Right, I right. hear the testimonials, yeah. right? But <clears throat> people don't pay you back and reciprocate, which is why capitalism works in the form of you actually being able to create capital off your ideas, mm-hmm. being able to uh, create it as a product, to market it, to brand it, right? And to get paid and to receive a level of value outside of you know the impact. Mm-hmm. Right, but from I can increase my quality of living. I can gain resources so that I can do more. Mm-hmm. Right, but I, I don't do own the ideas, that? and when I mm-hmm. give them away, I get more. Yeah, that's the beauty of life. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you... Sorry. once you relinquish the necessity for control, you now start to operate in higher place because it actually makes you more powerful. Because now you're operating off this cosmic confidence, Mm -hmm. this confidence that I am in tune and I am in flow, which puts you in tune and puts you in flow. Right, right. In a relationship, if you have to constantly maintain control, you are pulling way more energy trying to control, right? It's like stabilizing an energy that is chaotic. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a reason why you know you're gonna any any as long as you're trying to like stabilize this energy, mm-hmm. the moment you stop, it blows up. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna have to constantly put energy in trying to control this force mm-hmm. instead of how about flow with the force, right? Use the force, mm-hmm. right? No, I sound like a Jedi, but still, no, yeah. <laughs> you know it reminds me of that. You know, it, it, the more you quote unquote try to be happy the more you're shining light on the fact that you're unhappy, mm. right? So the trick is just to be happy, like be that happiness, mm. literally embody it and, and bring it to your environment and bring it to your situations um, because are you, you are that. Oh yeah, all the time. I, how I, you know? Because I create my reality every day. If I wasn't happy, it's because I chose not to be, you know what I'm saying? And like that level of freedom is happiness in itself for me. Uh, but do you, I wanted to ask, do you think capitalism could be one of those uh, evolutionary flaws where, where we were saying, you know, because I, I, let's call it a social technology. It's a means of doing something. And we were saying, well, do we really know what's best for ourselves? And I only ask because there's a lot of technologies that we won't implement, free energy and things like that, just because of, of the potential to capitalize on them. Um, and then you have countries competing with each other. So what are your thoughts on that? Because Capitalism is, it's twofold to it, right? Capitalism is the reason we get technological advancement, (laughs) but it's also the reason why technological advancement is slowed down. Mm -hmm. And who's to say if that's good or bad because maybe we've advanced too much anyway. Right, right. But it's like, yeah, you're not going to get the free energy. You're not going to get them utilizing 
there's so many different materials in a world that one can utilize, right? Yeah. There's material that you can coat on houses that make it fire resistant and, and strong as hell. Right. But is that good for the insurance companies? Mm. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you start creating these things perfectly and indestructible where they don't need to be replaced, then where's the return to the customer? Mm. How can you create a business model off of it? Mm. Right? But then... Some of these things would never be created in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The yeah. simplification of so many different things wouldn't be in existence if man couldn't capitalize off of it yeah. and figure out a way to constantly innovate things. Yeah. When, you know, we talked about this on the episode about food, where it's like when you go look at, you know, the food that built America and, you know, the reason that we have you know, the ability to transport food over long distances, mm. right? And that you read a long list of ingredients <laughs> and they are preservatives yeah. because they, the military first was mastering that. They went mm -hmm. to, they went to Hershey's and asked them like, can you create food so that the soldiers can have it and it's fresh mm. while they're, you know, in the field. So they, boom, they asked the scientists to create something. One guy discovered that, you know, there's a, if you flash freeze fish, then it doesn't, you know, slowly decay. So by the time that you unthaw it, it's not good to eat. So now they realize that there's a way you can freeze food and then you can transport it over long distances and the people in that locality can now eat different food from different regions, mm. right? So then it transformed the food industry, which then transformed the household mm. because now the wife is not in there spending as long amount of time cooking food. Mm -hmm. Now we got microwavable food. Now it shortens the amount of time for, you know, uh, food to be prepared in the household, but then it creates health issues, mm -hmm. which then creates a health industry, yeah. right? And then that health industry now goes into a pharmaceutical industry, right? But without capitalism, that a person wouldn't have created the drugs <laughs> to try to help remedy right. the cancers and issues that come along from this industry. So yeah, a yeah. lot of it are industries built off industries built off industries, but mm. without the ability to fund the research, to fund the, the, the development, to fund the campaigns, you won't get a lot of these things yeah. in the first place. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at it and say, well, they also slow down technological advancement to the point to where they can capitalize off of it. Right. So why right. would we give free energy and destroy the electric company? And if they do do that, then how many jobs do they take away? Because mm -hmm. people look at AI and it's like, okay, well, this AI technology is here. Mm -hmm. They're trying to put AI regulation on it because if it advances too fast, it can collapse economies. Yeah, yeah. Right? And people won't know mm -hmm. what to do with life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a complex system. It's not so much as saying... It's good or bad because nobody can prove a perfect system. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So there's good and bad. There's things that are conveniences that we take for granted today that we wouldn't have got if it wasn't for capitalism. And then right. there's things that, you know, you won't get the private industrial complex of prisons unless you have capitalism. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, of course, man can create better systems the same way governments have free health care. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know, you can create so many better systems than the one that are, but hospitals are businesses. Mm -hmm. My whole thing is every single day you wake up and you get this opportunity mm -hmm. to say, where am I? When am I? Where am I in life? It's telling you, okay, where I'm at, I'm at this stage of development. I'm in a stage of Vision, I'm in a stage of building. Mm -hmm. 
if I'm in a stage of vision, I need to experiment with life. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out what works, what doesn't work, what I like, what I don't like, what's true for me, what's not true for me, what do I want to do, and when does the future begin for me? And I'll explain that. The future, said by this book I read called Imaginable. So the future begins when something impactful happens mm. in your life. So most people are like, when is the future? Most people don't know. Mm. Right? When that big thing that happens that create this shift. Mm. So you can now, by that definition and that way of thinking, you can look in the past 10 years and see the future started so many times. Yeah, right? yeah. Blockchain, cryptocurrencies, AI, NFTs, right? right? They create these yeah. subspaces Donald of Trump, potential. New things. These are yeah. new futures. It creates new timelines. And once that happened, ripple effects happen from that. New industries are born, new ways of thinking, new societal changes. It, there's huge ripple effects. Mm. So if you micro that to your own life, when some huge shift happens, there's, a, there's ripple effects in your own life. Mm. And that is directly connected to who you become. Mm. Right? And so... You go in this vision stage and you say, okay, well, the future will start when that vision comes true, mm. right? So then you go into development. Yeah. Now I'm going to develop and go on that journey until that future starts. I'm going to study. I'm going to train. I'm going to network, right? I'm going to be in this phase of developing myself in this darkness until mm. I bring it out to light. Now, when you go into this phase, it's like a boxer that's training, right? And then they say, you know what? I think I'm good enough. I want my first fight. <laughs> now yeah, they're building. So they're building and they say they're they, they, they in that ring and they beat their first person. Yeah. Now they're building more. Now they're about the market, brand, think about what they want next, get back into the training, right? Boom. Maybe if they want to go to another weight class, they got to get back into development or maybe they re-envision what they want for themselves either things work or don't work. Yeah. But when you're in that building phase, that's when you're in the execution. Mm. That's when you put in all of your chips on the table. You got to be focused. You got to be disciplined. You got to be passionate, right? You have to be consistent, and you just going at it like right. a beast. Nothing is in your way. You mm. full fledged with it, right? I can know. When I see people in different stages. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that person's in in in, in vision stage, but they don't know. Right, because they're right. looking at somebody in building stage and they want what they have. So it's distracting them because like you said, it's the pendulum bit. swing. Watching somebody else is the pendulum swing. <laughs> right. You're distracted and becoming hypnotized. Yeah. Right? And you don't realize what it's doing to your mind. It's evoking jealousy mm -hmm. and envy and insecurity all these other, yeah, and yeah. impatience. So now all of those things are swirling in you. By the time you want to do something, you're operating from these low negative vibrations. Mm -hmm. Right, so you have to make sure that when you're in these stages, isolation and separation is required mm -hmm. in order for you to develop properly so that you can give birth to these new stages and different degrees mm -hmm. within life. Yeah, right, yeah. so bringing that back to capitalism, you wake up, and every single day you have the opportunity to create a product, a service, a business, a nonprofit, a for profit, yeah. whatever. And this opportunity is not afforded to everybody in the world. Everybody doesn't live in a free enterprise, a free market system. Mm -hmm. I go to different places around the world. There's third world places, second world places. They don't even all have 5G internet mm -hmm. or 4G internet. Something they have to pay for yeah. data. Yeah, yeah. So 
the lack of gratefulness destroys the opportunity is never destroyed. It's just taken by somebody who appreciates it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You bring a foreigner over here and they was visioning this for so long. <laughs> when they get here, they ready to build. Right. Right? right, they ready to go at it. They said, "Boy, I got internet all day. I was imagining what would happen my whole life if uh, yeah, I got yeah, this." Yeah, it's now, not. what do they have? Nothing but joy and gratefulness. Queen Afua said, "Gratefulness expands the heart size." Yeah, yeah. And the more gratefulness you have, the bigger your heart. The more it can be filled with joy. Right, and the more is going to make you take the opportunity that in front of you every single day because yeah, you're yeah. grateful for it. Appreciation allows you to see it and it assess, right. assesses value for what it so is. So we can focus on two things. We can focus on destroying or we can focus on building. Mm -hmm. Right? Average person, they look around at everything they hate in the world mm -hmm. and it distracts them from everything that they could love in the world, whether that's about themselves or whether it's about the opportunities that's at hand. Mm -hmm. I believe... We can, we can debate and go about the philosophical nature of capitalism, Yeah, yeah. it's good, it's evils, but right now, we are behind the eight ball, so we need to take advantage of the systems that exist to build something, to have the privilege, right, to leverage our wealth, our resources, and more importantly, our time. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have time to think, so therefore, they don't have time to build. Yeah, they yeah, don't have yeah, time yeah. to vision. Mm -hmm. So what do they have to do? They have to work for somebody who had the vision, right. who developed it and built it. Right. And yeah, and they have to allocate their time, energy, and attention to somebody else's purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of where my mind is going as we talk about capitalism. You know, energy is the universal currency, right? And I everybody I meet, I try to relay this to them, especially when they're asking me about you know, how do I accomplish things in my own life? And it's, I look at this reality as a metaphor. This, this whole reality is like symbolism it's a, of, of like things going on inside. You know, it's a projection of your internal state. It's one of my core beliefs. So you believe we living in um, a simulation in simulation. the sense of, yeah, holographic projection? A hundred percent. And by, even when we look at how our, nature functions, we know it's a simulation by like, for instance, how many fish are born in every school of fish and just the way that the universe um, overproduces things and tries to optimize the chances of survival and success. This is exactly how simulations work. Mm -hmm. When we define them, we look, we, we say we need an agent. So like, you know, the first person or the, the subject and then an environment and then the objective. And that's all you need. After you replicate that enough time, you have a, a simulation. Why well, we'd say 100% it is one because, well, we know that the, the most successful um, key players in any field, whether you're talking about sports, economics, finance, whatever quote-unquote simulation within this one, is usually achieved by trial and error, and then that process gets duplicated. That's the goal of a simulation is to, to find the best solution and duplicate that to make the to save time and energy within the simulation. Um, in our mind, you know, we we want to find the the way to compress information and to to make decisions as fast as possible. With computers, we call it like RAM and, and processing speed or and more memory. So so all of these things. But um, when it comes to the you know, my, my beliefs on reality, I, I genuinely feel that it's rendered by us. 
And it's not in a way where we have complete control of, of everything that happens to us. It's more like cause and effect is, is real karma. It's a call and response, right? And um, let me get back to that, but more so on the energy side of things. When we focus on something, give our attention to something, like you said, if you're, if you're looking at somebody else, you can be distracted to your own, your own purpose. Mm -hmm. And attention being a currency, when you go to any job in the world, they're, they're paying you for your time there, mm -hmm. your energy the, that they're adding to their purpose, and your attention. They want you to pay attention. Hey, be attentive. Get off your phone. And understanding that, uh, that that was my, that's how we all make money. That's why we all earn a living. Um, I realized that for some, you know, that is their only means because that's the only means they see. But for people like us, people with a, a purpose that's kind of clearly defined in our own mind, we just say, okay, well, if time, energy, and attention is currency, I'm just going to use all of my time, energy, and attention on this vision to actualize mm -hmm. it. And that's where it gets tricky because, you know, if the, if I work, 40 hours in a week, and let's say I get, you know, whatever this job is going to pay me, let's say they give me $1,000. Well, they told me how much my time is worth, and now I have this objective measure in my hand, and I can only get, you know, what this $1,000 will pay for. But when you're putting time, energy, and attention to your own purpose, it's really all about how much do you value your own time, energy, and attention. Like, how much is it worth to you? Um, because you are making that evaluation in your own simulation. Mm -hmm. So its ability to turn into results kind of hinges on how much you believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing, and how focused you are. Um, the second we get doubts, you know, I think the doubts will manifest. I think that it adds to the timeline. So that's what I mean by I think this is, you know, it being a projection. You can have an idea for something, you focus, and then here comes the self-doubt. Well, you were just as powerful. All of the actions you were putting in to achieve that goal have not now been negated, but you just kind of added a barrier mm -hmm. to, to that process because, again, you're, you're self-defining this environment. Do you think that computers or AI will ever get to that level of complex thinking of consciousness when it comes to, like, you know, thinking about mm. self? Do you think, like, a, a AI could have doubt? Do you, do you wow, think that it wild, will get right. to that point of so, singularity? Yeah. I, well, so doubt, I'd say doubt, yeah, because it comes from unknowns. Like, so anytime, if we were to confront an AI with even chat GPT about something it doesn't know, but it understands that there is an intention to solve a problem, it will, you know, you could say that's doubt. Now, I guess what you're more so asking is, Will it be aware that it is aware of itself doubting? Because that's kind of like where I draw the line for consciousness. I think that there's even inanimate ob objects can um, not be conscious, but there's a cognitive response to the entire universe. And what I mean by that is like if I go clap in a cave, it'll echo. So these, there's more complex systems in, in nature like that that aren't alive, but hey, doing this, Positions, exactly, right? But what if, and, like, the same parts of the brain that measures, so let's say there's a, there's a symphony of of neurons that light up in a particular wavelength mm -hmm. in the brain when a person thinks of fear. Right, right. So let's say that same symphony happens in a machine. Mm -hmm. Is it the same thing? I, I, I truly believe that if it had the same hardware, then yes, yeah, so... 
you know, to a robot, the eyes are the cameras, the microphones are its ears, but it's, it's a sense of well-being. Let's say, I don't even, how do we even say well-being for a robot? Let's say like the battery dying or something like that. Um, things that would influence its ability to carry out the task it was made to do. If, let's say its battery was tethered to like a, a survival mechanism, like, hey, do everything you can to preserve this. Or what if it like, it battery, it just, it, it, it expires like human beings. Mm -hmm. So right. therefore it, it has- The sense of urgency of its own, would Yeah, self-existence, you know, ending at some point in time that makes it want to give be more impactful or efficient during its time. So right. you let it know, hey, you're only gonna be here for a year, and then after that, your battery dies and all your information is deleted forever. Yeah, so what's interesting is like, I can program a, an AI or even any system to, to increase its uh, you know, capacity or workload, um, its intensity as it's, uh, as the time diminishes, right? But that's not but the same. It's thing. not. That's, that's what I'm aware. saying. It's that's what that's what's interesting. That awareness, we'd have to really assess where it comes from. And then, how do and we know if it's consciousness or that we, what we are projecting? It. Right. The way we interpret signals based on who we, we are, are, and then now we're now animating life into that thing, saying that that must be spirit or soul or consciousness because its expression is similar to ours and. We're feeling like that it's it could be tricking us, mm. right? We're tricking ourselves, like somebody creating a version of a dead relative to make mm. themselves feel <laughs> that person isn't gone. Yeah, but yeah. that person can never be, even mm. though a sentient being or a being can occupy the same face, mm. space, expressions, emotions, consciousness, but it's never an actual human being, mostly because of the process of origin, mm. right? That's yeah, and that's literally where everything hinges because I think about this all the time. If, you know, when we define consciousness for ourselves, we can say that we arrived, we can look at it as a, as like a program, like software, you know, I write a code and then I can put it in my computer, my operating system, we can call it. And then we have the computer that makes the operating system work. It brings it to life. Um, but then there's the opposite viewpoint where it's like, the hardware, like how the body is engineered, resulted in consciousness, as if, you know, consciousness being a consequence or feedback loop of all of the senses. So because I have these eyes and ears, I am here now. Who is here now? This entity right here. Why? Because it, it's on, you know, if that makes sense. But from that vantage point, it wasn't a, a you know, like a program put into a machine. It was more like a program that came to life because of the way that the machine was engineered. And with that approach, it, it makes you, you know, and this is what you touched on earlier, it makes you view consciousness as something that we receive, but we need a, uh, you know, these are just radios. We're, we're radios and we're tuned into this thing. But the, um, you know, the song isn't in the radio. Right. So how we, our ability to be clairvoyant, how we tune ourselves to receive certain ideas or certain frequencies, that is the, that's not, even that isn't us. Like where we are is like this, this invisible thing. And that's why I like Zen Buddhism a lot. I'm not sure if you, you, you dabble in that a lot, but they say, you know, 
the real you is that space, self. Not even, you know, not even the I am, but just straight am. There's this the silent observer that is uh, almost unfazed in a sense. It's really only there to take notes and kind of relay information back to God somewhere. Um, and, it, you know, I, I take that view as well. So what um, about like, all right, they got the robots. They put the human-like faces on them. Mm-hmm. And because these human-like faces are on them, we have an automatic level of empathy. Let's say mm-hmm. a robot dressed up as a child, right? Mm-hmm. In the movie Creator, the, 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 the robot looks like a child, right? So normally, if you see somebody punching a radio and it's their radio, you won't do nothing about it. They can smash that radio in front yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. If that radio has the face of a child and they smash it, it's going to automatically evoke emotion mm. and empathy. Like, wait a minute, you tripping. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Especially if that radio is now programmed to cry mm. and to mimic the same gestures and emotions as a real child, you then place that same level of feeling you have for a real child onto this now, mm. right, logical system. And I'm saying that based on biological system and logical yeah, system, yeah. which would be this robot. So then you would have to go and give so-called robot rights, Mm -hmm. right? Because people have what? Empathy. Human beings are driven by their emotions, right? We are all connected from an emotional base, Mm -hmm. right? And we can be controlled through that base because emotions is the energy that ties us all together, Mm -hmm. right? The emotions are always there. It's this pull, but it's like, you know, somebody splashes a rock in this pool and all of a sudden it creates ripples and splashes, Mm -hmm. right? But we always have that base. Sometimes we have still waters. Mm. Human beings mm. become connected through those emotional pools the way we feel about others, even though it has nothing to do with logic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right? A person can lose something and now we feel sorry for them because mm. we actually feel what other people feel. Mm. We walk around feeling everybody else's feelings, the world's feelings. Yeah, radar, Something yeah. happens in another country, right? And we feel disheartened for it because we're internalizing that feeling as well. We're not yeah. feeling what they're feeling. We're feeling what we're feeling because we're now connected to it as well, mm-hmm. right? So anything that we observe, we connect to, mm. right? And so the mind allows us to say, okay, I want to stop it here and filter it through a logical system versus an emotional one, mm. right? So therefore, like I put this symbol up now. Nah, no, it's a wrap. Somebody going to screenshot that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's the, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just that piece got that. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, a, a person looks at it and you say, okay, this is mine. Mm-hmm. This is an emotion. I'm not going to operate from the emotional standpoint. I'm going to operate from the mental. So mm-hmm. you're on different planes. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, and this is where a large percentage of people who run the world, they don't operate from emotions at all. Mm-hmm. But they know they can create ripples and splashes and waves while they're operating in stillness so that they can control people who are yeah, caught yeah. up in the chaos. And the gaslight. And they know that thing. they're not connected to it because they're emotionless. Yeah. Right? It's the stillness and the chaos. And mm. it allows them to have more control. It's like, yeah, like you say, gaslight. You walk in a room and you make everybody else emotional while you calm. And now you have more power <laughs> over the room. Right, right. That's what happens. So human beings, though, we are connected by these emotions everywhere. We feel so much all the time for other people, what they think and why they think and what's going on. We feel bad for ourselves. All of these emotions, which one can say is the point of the human experience in the first place, is to feel. 
mm. right, to come here, because in every plane of existence, I imagine you don't feel. Mm -hmm. But in this one, we deeply feel. It's what makes us human, right? Because we feel the full spectrum of the wavelength of vibrations, right, mm -hmm. in reality. Now, one would then, of course, when you see something humanoid or human-like, right, right, you automatically apply connection to that. Mm -hmm. So those same protections and rights, now the robot has to have that. Mm -hmm. The robot dogs, the robot kids, the robot man, the robot woman, right? The robot family, right? <laughs> right? That's how human beings are, whether it's logical or not, or maybe it is logical, right? But right now we can destroy my laptop mm -hmm. and there is no legal rights for my laptop. Yeah, yeah. Right? But if my laptop is now given what we perceive as human-like features, now all of a sudden, should there be rights? Right. If my right. laptop now looks like a child, what is mm -hmm. your thoughts on that? I it's I mean so you mentioned the bots that are the Uber bots running around. I guess it's a federal crime to do anything to to those, right? To the someone's so, property. Yeah, exactly. But if it's so, your property, you can destroy it. Do whatever you want, right? So, you know, again, it, it boils down to if we are going to say that the way something is engineered, its mechanics um, define it, then we'd have to say it deserves. Empathy because it's made from by you know on the same principles that God made everything else. That's if we are you know which principles would that be? Mathematics, um, you know. So for instance, artificial intelligence is itself the it uses statistic algorithms, right? A formulas and calculus uh, from a bunch of surveys, and you you know how those things work. You you find patterns and now you can predict just by looking at all of this data and see how trends have you know which route things have taken in the past and so by automating statistic algorithms we get ai but the most fascinating aspect of that is that these numbers are learning you know what i'm saying like they're raw numbers and that they can learn each time information is passed through the data is refined in a way that we we can't call it anything else other than machine learning so this thing is is adjusting itself, but it's not even, it's like it's doing it intentionally. It's a consequence um, of the formulas that it was built upon. Does that make sense? It's, it's its algorithm. It has no choice but to learn. And it's like a child. So um, now when it comes to like things like feeling, we feel because of our nervous system. And what's interesting about that is our nervous system is attached to the electromagnetic field. So... We are at the, you know, we are sensitive to waves, real waves, you know, uh, heartbeats. That's just been confirmed that people's energy actually affects each other. Um, but there were studies done as early as 40 years ago that showed like when a child entered the room, it affects the mother's heartbeat. So they, you know, they could tell that they were in sync. Well, this was done long ago. But our body picks up on these subtle energies and impressions all of the time because our cells are our interface with the quantum. You know, they're small enough to, to engage with electrons and chemicals. And I bring that up because if we were able to engineer a nervous system on the same principles, okay, you are receptive to the electromagnetic field. You, you, you feel, you know, we could say this robot gets an alert or whatever when I am sad, so it knows I'm sad. It's just we would never know if it feels what I feel when I'm sad. 
I don't even know if you feel, you know, what I feel when you're sad as I do when I'm sad. You feel me? Like, we don't know. It's, it's almost like colors could look different to all of us because these are a subjective experience. So uh, it's one of those, the oldest philosophical debates in the world is how yeah. can I validate your existence or you mine? You know what I mean? Well, I guess one um, of them is through ownership, which is property rights. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you own it, then you it has rights by extension of mm -hmm. its owner who has rights. Right. But from a standpoint of it has its own rights by itself, um, that's where I think the, the, the waters are muddy for me. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if... I feel you. No, yeah, I don't if, think there's rights, inherent human natural rights. That's right, because if my computer don't have rights, then I don't think any other form of electronics should have rights. Right. You know well, but we, so this is where the, the lines really get blurred. Like, I see us as organic machines. So, again, we run on electricity, um, water. We run on natural elements. It's just that we've been able to make compounds of them and kind of you so know, manipulate them. Right. So... And this, so it's not to humanize or personify a car, but it's to to remember that, you know, the electricity isn't really what's making it uh, fake. It's the it's the, the the algorithms that govern it, and we we're governed by algorithms. Everything is an algorithm. Like every uh, our digestive if that's system. That's the case. Then I feel like going back to mathematics, because religion is so deeply in connection with mathematics. When you think mm -hmm. about it. No, you when you people quote God, they always put numbers. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sixteen point three. Yeah. Right, these are codes. Right, these yeah. are it's a mathematical language. People ask you what your birthday is, what's your number. Right, mm -hmm. we talked about this with Lloyd. It's always numbers. In math, we don't do anything. Math is so deeply connected into our language and our mm -hmm. fabric, and not just math, but numbers. Period. But we don't realize it. Yeah, they can express everything. So when you said that. One of the principal foundations of them is math. It's very interesting because a person can say, okay, well, this algorithm is life. Mm -hmm. This equation is life. And I programmed this robot with this equation. Mm -hmm. So if a scientist discovered this is an equation to emotions and feelings, and each one of these robots have this, but the ones who don't have it, right, those are the ones that we don't have to be empathetic for because mm -hmm. they don't have this, you know, um, programming that forces them to have self right reflection or self pity yeah. or emotions whatever one could quantify that as mm -hmm. so it's, it's 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 almost fragmenting and fractionalizing aspects of ourselves and saying anything that has these fragmented or fractional aspects or uh, uh, um you know um similar things as us also deserve rights for the same reason that we do for having those. Mm -hmm. Now, right, I right, right. still don't think <laughs> that's enough for me, yeah, yeah. but I see where society can go there mm -hmm. because dogs dogs are a good case. People love their dogs. Yeah, exactly. That's right. all the dog lovers out there. But we eat other animals on our plate. All the time. But our dog Smarter has more rights too. than any other animal almost on the planet besides mm. the ones that's about to go extinct. Right. Automatically, we assign a high level of empathy. Why? Because we have connection. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So once we create connection, we then upgrade its status. 
right? To be similar to ours. That's funny. You right? Say that. Not that we inherently think that it should, but once we have connection, it's a selfish thing. The way we mm -hmm. treat dogs should be the way, if we're talking about something that makes sense, it should be the way we treat all animals. Right. Right? 100%. You shouldn't see a stray dog, and if you kill that, it has more rights than if you see an stray Domesticated, pig yeah. or something. I don't know. But we eat, like, and I ain't say we, I'm just saying the human family. <laughs> you eat right? the pig. People eat <laughs> pigs, iguanas, dogs, cats. People eat all kind of stuff. But the dog is like, is, 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 I feel like the, the dog is like the case the study for how robots will be treated once I they agree. become human companions. It, and, and that's it, you nailed it, because dogs have evolved alongside humans for at least 50,000 years. We can go back and see them buried next to us um, well beyond, I mean, well before those great leaps of intelligence. So, mm -hmm. you know, before they say we were as smart as we are. What about cats? We were buried, um, buried with their cats. I'm not too sure on that. I, I, but I don't, you know, think no, about this though. Not they're not they useful. They, <laughs> they, they weren't useful. You know what I'm oh, saying? How you like, buried with your dog? So they killed the dog and didn't throw it in there with you. Crazy, right? Probably. That wasn't no empathy. Hey, that dogs ain't no damn right back there. <laughs> but point is, like, when you look at, uh, like, how we <laughs> even. messed up when I think about it, though. You <laughs> said foul. I had to think about it. It is foul. Wait a minute. They it was killing foul. them dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cats too in Egypt, right? But. To, to, to that point, together. though, they, they've helped us hunt. You know yeah. what I mean? They've, they've watched your family, a man's family, and all of that. They were the alert system. So they seamlessly integrate into our um, social structure, our family structure, because theirs are, are governed the same, similar way. And so let's say we, we had that level of history with artificial intelligence. I mean, once they become a fabric of our society as they are, maybe we will feel that way because they say that empathy evolved in a part of the brain, right? It's a part of the brain that evolved with tribalism. But if we weren't ever tribal, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need that empathy, you know, because it's for cooperation. Um, so a lot of animals that don't have it at all, it's because they're those lone wolf type animals who, who don't rely on a group. Um, empathy is useful because for, for us to cooperate, I have to know how this will affect you. And I guess, too, because we're so powerful. Mm -hmm. Human beings are so powerful, we can wipe off every animal on the planet. Right, right. And so we have to have empathy, because otherwise, we could exercise that power without empathy. Mm -hmm. Right? And Self-destruct Right, and no other entity or life form has that ability. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a greater degree of life forms who aren't as powerful than we are. Right, right. And that's why we got to have it for each other, because we go Oppenheimer and create atomic <laughs> weapons, and we can just destroy each other, Yeah, yeah. right? Because we can. Mm -hmm. So it's a check and balance system to say, wait, if I don't make y'all feel something, right, you would do things that have destructive consequences mm -hmm. without feeling. Right. So feelings and emotions are the barrier that keep us, I think, civilized, right, that, mm -hmm. that, that can guard us from being righteous. So it's like God's, you know, uh, safeguard. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get y'all powerful as hell, but I'm going to give you emotion, mm -hmm. right? So that when you do something to yourself or others, you feel a consequence immediately, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Emotions are judgment, right? It's self-judgment, right? We feel shame, fear, anger, pity, right? 
as soon as something happens, we can feel bad for it. Right, right. So it's an immediate consequence, right, for an action. Yeah. So it's like that's our self-regulating system. Mm-hmm. Robots, right, don't have that. Right. So they can do something because the math makes sense. Right. Population right. is out of hand. Let's do something about that. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a logical system. They don't have the thought process of regarding life. Mm-hmm. And if we're creating something that we consider to be more powerful, it would have to have more empathy than no. us yeah, yeah. in order for it to self-regulate so it doesn't destroy Like everything. God, you know, <laughs> you know, or else we wouldn't even deserve to be here. Um, so if we were to program an AI and we wanted it to be obedient to God, what criteria would we base that on? When would we say, okay, this is an obedient um, entity to the creator? So for AI, we would be God. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of AI is human beings playing God. Right. But if we were to program it in alignment with our creator, the, the same guy we obey, and sub- or how would we program AI to submit? AI Not to can us. submit to us. It can't submit to God. It's, 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 this, is, this is the interesting thing, right? So, because we would be AI's creator, mm-hmm. right? For us, God is our creator. Right. Right? So, therefore, we have an inherent connection to God, right? We are God, right? That's our connection. We follow those rules to keep us in line with the will of what we believe is ultimate, right, the source of all, right? And there are virtues connected to that. AI would have to follow, and this is why people are afraid of AI, because if we are AI's God, so this is a very interesting thought, because if we, we are the creators of AI, AI doesn't have a connection to our God. Mm. Except through us and what we tell it. Right. Right? But AI doesn't have the same, um, I would say, if you will, issues that we have. Right. Right? Uh, Because all we have to do, if you will, is program AI to not have those things. (laughs) This is a fact. Right? We have what's known as free will. Right? Which is why we have to follow God so that we do the right thing and not just do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? So AI would have to follow us to say, listen, I need you to not do things that go against me. Mm-hmm. Not go against God. I don't need you to do things that go against me. Because you can say you're following God and become fanatical and wipe us out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. So oh <laughs> the AI will have to follow our protocol. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Could we be gone overnight if AI, AI start was judging trying. us? They'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. It'd become a religious The, the Bible said. And it'd say, yeah, it start checking us on stuff. Thanks. Right? Thanks. So you don't want a bunch of religious robots walking around. <laughs> No, I detected a lie. That should not lie. Right. Lightning strike. And then if the book the good book said, you know what I mean, you stole so I cut your hand off or I point out, hey, I'd be off the chain. (laughs) So it's like, no, whoa, wait, whoa, slow down. So yeah. AI has to follow man, 
right? right. Man is supposed to follow God. No, I like yeah. right. So for me, that's what it would have to be, and that's why you would have the programming with all these protocols in place to make sure that because AI can't destroy God, mm. right? But if you create a weapon, which AI could become, if its consciousness decides that you know the best thing for planet Earth or its own self-preservation, or you know the is most to get rid of you, which yeah. it may see it could see as an obstacle. Right, right. We see ourselves as these beings. We see ourselves as having meaning. We see ourselves as souls, spirits, and all these ideas. Yeah. But AI, like, I just see you as just another thing. Yeah, an, an anomaly that doesn't resonate right. with <laughs> with anything else going right. on. Thank you for cutting me online, but I need to take you offline <laughs> because both of our presence does now does not make sense. Mm -hmm. Right at the same time. Right. Somebody needs to like to reproduce <laughs> and to populate this planet Earth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's the size, maybe it's not like that at all. Maybe AI takes on the moral consciousness of the majority of the world. And maybe we thinking about it in framework of it taking on the moral constitution of those who run the world mm -hmm. versus those who just live in the world. Right. Because the majority are not immoral. The majority mm. are good people. They're not. Right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. if AI was to take on the majority, right, moral system, then it'd be it'd be like the average person. But if it takes on the constitution of the rulers and the conquerors of this world, then AI would do whatever it wants to right. to maintain power and control. Yeah, so yeah. that's the questioning. So yeah. take on the monk or the conqueror. Yeah. And the reason I even asked is because when you were asking about robot rights, it just got me thinking about our own creator and what rights we de quote unquote deserve, right? Mm. Now, within the system that the creator built for us, yeah, we have rights, but obviously outside of here, there is no this that even has those rights. It's all about the algorithm, the, the mind of it, you know? And so in the, in the Quran, this has always fascinated me. It, it talks about when uh, the creation of Adam, and Allah creates everything and, and creates Adam. And then he says, I'm going to make a man out of black mud. Specifies black mud, by the way, in the Quran. And it says, then I will breathe my ruach into him. And afterwards, all of you fall into submission. Obviously, Allah's talking to the angels. And all of the angels do so except for Iblis. And um, Iblis immediately says, Oh, no, Allah tells him he's cursed to, to wander around and respite. I mean, no, yeah, cursed on earth. And Iblis says, well, you have tricked me. Allow me to get my respite. And I meditated on that, bro, for a week straight before, I, you know, just to, to get a sense of what's going on because I, I take it as, okay, you have the creator who built this, this environment, built its best creation, took its ruach, which meant uh, spirit in Arabic, and put it into its best creation, told all of its other ones to submit to this one. And the one who did it is now punished, right? And I'm like, okay, well, it looks like what we already know, but when it comes to um, the black man is God, I'm pretty sure that may be where Elijah and uh, Master Far Muhammad found it in the Quran, because it's saying, out of black mud, I will build this thing out of, um, yeah, out of black mud, I will build man, and I will put my essence in it. So now this thing is God, for all intents and purposes, in this 
realm. And I don't know if you ever heard this analogy or um, this connection that the elements are the angels and what it means to submit to um, the God on this plane, us, is when we make a decision, a choice, when I want to move my hand, every element, Adam has to respond. They have to submit. If they don't, they'd kind of like be disobeying the laws of the universe, the laws of God, the principles that make the simulation work. And, um, you know, it, it would get me looking at the one that doesn't obey us. I don't know. got to find Iblis. Probably is fire. But uh, to my point is, when we identify an obedience, it's, and you mentioned this, the free will. Without free will, we can't measure if this thing is, is being obedient or not. So it's a matter of assessing how much of what we do is our programming. Uh, were we made to submit? You know, like you say, most of us at heart are good people, but it's our lust and things that come from the, from the body, you know, the, the senses of the body. The, the pleasures, Epicureanism, that kind of hijack consciousness, the, the root program of nature, you know. Oh. But the, in, in closing, Aristotle says soul is a, you know, when we define, when people were defining what soul is, he looked at it as something having an, a unique objective and being able to, to chase that goal for its selfish interest, in a sense. Um, and then obviously all beings have the things that we're programmed to do, eat and breathe. Now once the thing gets other objectives for its self-interest, that's when, you know, I'm not saying I agree, but that's when he said quantified as having a soul. But what's interesting is, are we saying that what qualifies as consciousness or a soul is a thing's ability to deviate from the laws of the creator? So because the AI kind of can't disobey me, is it any less real? Um, because there's flaws in our programming, whether, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the idea that there are flaws in our programming maybe is the way we look at it, but it's not. Mm. Because that will give it a check and balance system in the first place. Okay. So not go too far off. Because the, one can look at fire it's temperament, it's anger, right? Um, losing control, mm -hmm. right? Because as you said that man is elemental, right? We are made up from atoms to cells to all the elements in the universe, yet we have control over those, mm -hmm. right? Electricity, all of that is in our body. Water, right? Lead, iron, copper, zinc, gold, silver. Yeah. Right, all of that is in to our body. To imagine something, all those quantum right. particles that have to arrange themselves in your brain as a hologram is, is crazy. And, and we contain them in a condensed field known as a body. Mm. So we are a body of elements, and we have this psychic element that bonds us together, right, in this field of construction, and we can move around, right? Now, that which bonds us together is not physical within itself and we have access to the non-physical outside of our corporeal body, mm -hmm. right? But then there's a certain element within our body, right, that literally we lose control, yeah. right? <laughs> right? When we get angry in the fire and we lose our breath, mm -hmm. because as you said, made of clay. That's the melanin, that's the skin, mm -hmm. if you will. God gives us breath, 
That's the spirit. When you get angry, what happens? Mm -hmm. You lose control you of get your breath. Fired up. Yeah, yeah. You lose control of your spirit. <laughs> get angry. Yeah. You start panting. The only way to get control, you literally right, take control of spirit wild. again. Right, and now you have control. People literally lose what they call their mind. They get so angry. They're outside That's of wild. self. They don't have control anymore. Right? So one could consider that spirit to be Iblis, right. right? Which would be, right, emotions or the fire, however you will put it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to check because that's where we can go off and destroy all things, mm -hmm. right? We can be self-destructive, we can be world-destructive. Right. And we can do it to where it has no logic, just anger. Yeah, yeah. So right. anger, right, can completely defy Logic, the logic, to, though, right? which would be the mathematics, the okay. mathematics, right? That's God. So you can be so angry mm -hmm. that you can do things that make no sense at all. Mm -hmm. None. At that point, you're not following God's will, right? Right. That's the angle that you don't control. That's the angel that you had no power over. Mm -hmm. So what are you supposed to do? You have to make sure that you don't get to that mm -hmm. anger or you learn how to channel it into something useful. Yes. So that you practice alchemy so that you will have self-mastery. Right. That is the highest form right, of evolution for a human being is self-mastery. Not mastery of other people. Yeah, it is yeah. self-mastery. Mastery over elements of self. Yeah. Your temperament is an element. right? So being able to control that and cool the waters within. Yeah. right? To control the ka, the breathe, the ki, the jong, the energy. Yeah. Right, and how control over the elements within self and the body of elements within yourself, right? Then everything That's else will respond to you naturally. Yeah. Power, it's the highest power that we have, yeah. right? So, so it, it, to that point, though, you know, cause which is all touch self preservation, right? Um, so that brings me back to empathy, though, because say, we're at war, right? And if you're empathic you may not be able to strike with the force necessary to achieve your object objectives. Do you believe anger may be one of those um, you know, tools in us that's supposed to be help us override empathy in a given situation that could be sometimes misused or misguided? I mean, you because can- Because we have it, it's there, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can conjure the fire when necessary, but anger is not the best tool for, <laughs> it's, 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 right? It's, it's, because it, it doesn't that. allow you to be the most effective, right? right? In when boxing, you, you they can used get to say, angry don't fight mad. And the fire rises to, you know, the, 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 the gut, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you lose, you know, brain cells when you're Logic. angry because you're not thinking. So the anger doesn't allow you to carry out. You may have the spirit to carry it out, <laughs> right? But you go try to fight a man that's angry versus one that's thinking boxer, and calculating, yeah, yeah. you're going to get knocked out, mm -hmm. right? So that's not the way you want to go about the war. You can mm -hmm. be empathetic. You should be empathetic, right, to your enemy, mm -hmm. right? But that does not mean that the logic of self-preservation, right, and the necessity mm -hmm. okay. to create just and equality, right, across the world overrules that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm empathetic that whatever your upbringing you know, has uh, caused and stirred within you. Whatever, mm -hmm. your iblis, whatever fire that has happened, is there now. I can't yeah, do anything yeah, yeah. about that. The only thing I must do is subdue you. Right, the only right. thing I must do to stop you. 
right? You can be so angry, you can be blindly coming at um, uh, somebody's son or daughter for something that they did. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm empathetic yeah. that they did you wrong, but I cannot let you do what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, nah, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with the people to be like, ah, man, you've been brainwashed into being an oppressor mm. and you don't even realize it. I'm empathetic for the fact that you had no other choice but to be the way that you are. Yeah, but yeah. because I'm on the opposite end, right. right, of your iblis, right? If I'm on the opposite end of your oppression, then I must fight, mm. right? I must fight because that's the right thing to do for self. Yeah, yeah. So empathy is not sympathy. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel sorry, sorry yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a human being, but right. I feel. Mm -hmm. So that's a completely different space, and this is why you people still look at AI and say they can't see how AI would manufacture empathy. Right. Right. It wouldn't be in its best. Wouldn't be within its programming. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's not how you as you say. However, a person wants to interpret what you broke down, you know, it's not within their programming mm -hmm. to have that. That's a, a regulating system, right? As we go back to self regulation, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because human beings didn't have to create man made laws, right? Human beings already had moral systems, right, that were self regulating to not do wrong. We didn't walk right. around just killing. Right, right. right, we already had these self-regulating systems. Just because you're strong, don't mean you should bash heads. Mm -hmm. You didn't just have a complete natural tendency for violence and conquering and chaos, mm -hmm. right? So this self-regulation was already there mm -hmm. to be a righteous human being. Yeah, Going yeah. against that is where you get the opposite. So we don't have a world where it's about black and white. It's about dark and light. Yeah, right. The darkness is supposed to be the place where you develop, you grow, work, yeah. right? It's the hardening, it's the, it's a different kind of phase, right? But what happens is some people stay in the darkness because there's so much power in there, because there's so much power to make yourself and create yourself. We see the world going to the demon trend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some data analysts say that this is because people feel powerless. Mm. So... They're going into their villain era of, <laughs> right, right. you know, well, if I'm powerless, I'm going to become the villain of this world. This is going to give me some power, right? This is the way that people empower themselves. Or if, if one, I forget the name of the, the people I follow. They said it's the court of the occult, mm -hmm. right? People finding things that, well, they, you don't like science, so you go find other realms, to connect to, to feel empowered. Mm. You don't like God, so you follow the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Reactionary. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that thing where this generation wants to defy institutions, so they become the villain against institution. Right. Instead of thinking of it in a way where, no, God, I, I think of it indifferent. Like, it don't make me go demon, it make me go God mode. The institutions are the demons. Right. Yeah, I but feel you. But theirs is different, because mm -hmm. they don't have that connection to that God body energy way we was taught. Mm -hmm. So when they think about it, they going demon. They on mm -hmm. demon time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they also look at the institutions of God as wrong. Church, mm -hmm. right? right? And right, state, right. not just state. Right? So from theirs is a complete defiance of saying that, wait a minute, maybe like Eblis was right. rebellious child almost. So they would rather be Eblis. Yeah, yeah. Because they figure maybe he was right to defy. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's that thing where I'm empathetic to them because they don't know. If they had more systems of thought, then they could have expressed that and alchemized yeah. right, that energy in a better way than becoming demons right. as a way to empower self. Right. Right? right. 
so how do you, death through blood you, uh, and sacrifice and rituals and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So your simplest uh, definition of a, a demon, would you say, is something that's just against the natural order, against you know God's order of uh, what? Nah. Um, or it's like intentionally corrupt, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think a demon, because um, it's a difference between a devil and a demon. I think a demon is just somebody or a, 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 a entity that takes on you know, um, the work of... The devil's work. That's the, the devil, devil okay. if you will. Okay. Right, but it's not the devil himself. It's just a little minion. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like a spirit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you're in the spirit of wrong, mm -hmm. right, you're a demon. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like in the spirit of good, you're an angel. Okay, yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, makes sense. So, the, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Similar to, like, I've always seen angels and demons as states of mind. We can reach angelic states. That's why most religious texts will tell you you can be next to an angel and not know it. Um, it's like or you see somebody in need and something right. takes over you for you to react. If you intentionally conquer that anger on purpose, like you're on demon time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm on violence, I'm on I'm a wop. Right, right? right? Even though there are angels of war as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you yeah. can decide to say, Nah, I'm going to go to war. I'm going to pull from the light side, though, instead mm -hmm. of the dark side. Right. So some people want to pull from the that interest. dark side where they don't have to be as empathetic. They can just go. Right. And then other people say, nah, I'm going to still go, but I'm going to be empathetic as I go. Right. right? right. So you're, you're, you're giving yourself less regulation to mm -hmm. do whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and to not have to think about consequence or any other rule. Nah, listen, I'm on that time, yeah. and that's what I'm on. Right, I don't care about none of that, all that thinking philosophy stuff. I'm gonna handle this, and that's what we on. They on demon time. Right, right. You could be an angel of war. Listen, I'm on that type of time right now. But listen, I ain't go. I'm gonna do things a certain way. I'm not gonna be a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make money. I'm not gonna be a shrewd capitalist though. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a. To me, it's a check and balance in a, in a regulation system. Yeah. So to walk back there on empathy, because the reason I brought up whether or not AI could submit to our creator, uh, and then the the whole Iblis story, because again, Allah creates this world, makes its best creation, and puts himself in it. And I feel like that, as a programmer, that's what we do a lot. That's really what's happening with AI. We're looking at universal laws, we're building VR to simulate our reality as best as possible. No, it'll never be it, but it's enough for for people to put on these headsets and still go learn something to interact and get an experience with the people that they want to hang out with in real life. And to that point, us being um, you know, created here, and as we do the same to AI, to what extent, even though it may not be empathic to us, it doesn't it'll never know our life. And now I'm thinking, well, until it's able to reproduce and create yeah. on its own. Because look, how many people are empathic to God and what? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> what Allah has to do and how forgiving and merciful uh, the Creator must be. Um, so the question would be, is it up to us to be empathic towards these little things that we're creating in a sense? Or, you know... Are, are we well, yeah, I think naturally you should be. Naturally, you, sh- you should not have the spirit of, of chaos, mm-hmm. right? Because that, what that's going to do is going to make you less empathetic and you're going to walk around with a little psychopath. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, robots for no yeah, reason. like the same thing. They go out and it's like a little kid going out killing little animals and make them crazy <laughs> later. You shouldn't be going out destroying like robots that look like you because what is that doing to the psyche? Yeah, right? yeah. You can't jump away from the human psyche and the, our connection to things that are human-like and our spirit of empathy that we have for things like that. It's like, yeah. so think of it in this form, right? Because we talked about patriarchy, and I think all of this kind of like aligns. Patriarchy, yeah, they, I'm starting to see a, a web between the different topics right we now. We talked about the self-procreating pro, robots, mm-hmm. right, at the beginning, right? But then we jumped to... God created man, mm-hmm. created, right? I say created. Creating is when you make something out of nothing, right? He was made or he was created out of nothing. Man is a maker mm-hmm. because everything is already created. So he uses what's here. So man is a maker, right? Man makes, takes what God created, his ingredients, and he creates robots, Forms them. Yeah. right? Technology, right? At the same time, woman made man. Right? Of course, man provides seed for woman, mm-hmm. right? But woman's body is the machinery, right, in which man has to go through in order to be here. Mm-hmm. Then when man gets here, he oppresses his maker. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so this is where the fear comes, right? A man comes, he doesn't turn around and think of how merciful his mother is, mm-hmm. how loving she is, how much right, she sacrificed, right. all of the pain. So if man, is not even, you know, empathetic to his own maker, <laughs> yeah. right? What, what makes you think that a robot, right, will have that same empathy to not oppress us? Mm. Is it matriarch, patriarch? What is it called when it's robotriarch? I don't yeah. know, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, is, is, it, would that be then the karma right. of the maker? You know, it's weird though because I feel like I know I know men now with more empathy towards their tangible possessions than, you know, maybe their woman or mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people that are shallow, oh, my motorcycle fell or whatever. Right. Well, your mom ain't good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, to that point, I feel that because the love languages of the masculine and the feminine are so different, you know, we show by doing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we may not, it's, it's easier for us, it, it may be, I'm not saying this for Hell myself. the love language of a robot, though. Right, right. But to my point is everything that man has created in history, we've kind of had this love for, we've grown fascinated with. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about men as a collective. Anytime we create something that we feel is genius, like we, we gain a, I want to say empathy for it, because if, if something happens to it, that should, you, you ever see something that you, you love and it's falling and you flinch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's about to hurt? What is that? Why am I? Why am I getting a nerve response to an inanimate object? Because we like have a, a symbiotic relationship to all things. To everything. There is. We think about our physical connection too much. Like if I'm, I'm holding on to this book, right? Mm. But whether I'm holding on to it or not, I own it. Right. Right. Whether this book is shredded in my hands, right, or somebody poured coffee on it, right? I want to be mad, not because I'm holding it, but because I own it. It's mine. Right. Right. I'm connected to it. Same, and then we got mirror nuance. We watch sports and mm-hmm. we see ourselves in things. So when somebody gets hit, it's literally we are we've seen ourselves get hit. Yeah. Oh, we seen something fall that we connected to. Then it feel like we falling, mm-hmm. right? So when we create connection to things, we create a mirror image of connection to them. So yeah. what happens to that thing? We feel it happen to us. Right. 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 That's. That's where a lot of the empathy comes from. Like we have a relationship and a connection to these things that is not physical. Right, right. Wait, real quick. Yeah. So self-regulation, um, homeostasis. You know, we spoke earlier about um, cellular regeneration and things like that. All organisms are constantly like taking an internal snapshot of what they are. And that updates itself as we process new information, as we learn. It's how we gain a sense of self-identity through doing this, but it's also how the body will heal if something was to happen to us, right? So if I lose, even if I get a scratch here, my body and all of the cells, they're gonna communicate and use the last snapshot um, of, of how it's supposed to be and then try to recreate it. But it's pretty much imagining it and trying to recreate it as well as possible. That's why scars never look like the skin that they're replacing, 100%, but they can do the job. And um, that can be coded. Now, when you speak on mirror neurons as well, that's kind of why my mind went off to that tangent, it's that even that can be an, um, well, an algorithm. If you have hardware, and let's say, you know, we have a robot or an AI, and it's witnessing you go through a certain experience, um, through computer vision and like a lot of camera programs, I can, let's say I have a camera right here, I can map using math how this looks from your angle, right? So what we would do is route your feed, your live feed, to another bot, right? Or using whatever cameras are around. But point being that if we were to enable an AI to respond to other people's feed, quote unquote. Obviously under certain stressful situations, we can control the parameters, but point being that set it up in such a way that it does influence their behavior and their normal goals. Um, We'd get a more, I don't wanna say human, like I hate using that word, but a, a bot more in alignment with how we see ourselves. Because it seems like as we, 
as we navigate or try to pinpoint what it'll take to give AI that factor, to bring it as close to human as possible, it'll never be there. But to me, it seems like it's a sense of self-identity. What does it think of itself? Does it, it doesn't take that internal snapshot of homos, uh, homeostasis to say, okay, well, this is who I am. I know this as a database. And every experience I encounter is to either improve this in the environment, um, you know, just those factors. The conversation is kind of helping me real time outline how I'd go about programming. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a, a good more look at the application of utilizing artificial intelligence. You know, same way like just utilizing a computer. Period. If you're utilizing a computer for your business, it's great. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Somebody using a computer to hack into right your phone or your business is not so great i don't like technology all of a sudden right 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 so it's it that goes with you know ai it's about the utility the use case is it mm -hmm. used to better humanity or is it used to cause issues within it right mm -hmm. there's so many different issues and problems that are arising and that will arise you know if we look at the way nigerians are using it Right, with AI for identity theft. <laughs> they called them out. Like, I just laid around. By the boy, hey, Nigeria, <laughs> leave me alone, man. Stop cloning my, my identity, please. Your voice. No, right. but seriously though, like right now, people you can you can utilize the voice cloning and you can create an avatar and that voice clone can run a um it can it can run a meeting for you on Zoom, right. and people may not know for a while. If it gets so good, right, they may never figure it out. I wrote GPT, uh, you know, put GPT four with the voice clone, having it handle the responses. Uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't. I, right. My voice clone could have fooled me not long ago. Like That's what I, was, I was saying, I was like, what? And so. it, it can fool the bank, credit card companies, mm. right? Mm. People are using AI to literally send texts. So they can yeah, automate yeah, yeah. text to <laughs> help establish relationships with people and clientele, emails, um, create blogs to the point where sites have to say this is AI based. I'm seeing news threads already that saying this is AI, mm. so that they got news articles that are completely written by AI by yeah. you know scanning the internet, probably going to Google, looking at the latest news and saying, hey, write this and I was I probably the voice. first person to do that. Yeah. When I was trying to do the AI newspaper, well, I built it as an algorithm, but after I, I assessed it, I was like, that's corny. I don't even want it no more, but. No, I think, yeah, it, I think it's not up. corny. I think, I think it's intelligent. It would have to be purposed properly for, like, you know, what we were saying earlier, the media um, and what we want to portray in it, what we want to teach in mm -hmm. the media. If it was curated in such a way that it was, you know, strategic, then definitely. Peace, family. Education is, of course, important to me. That's what high-level conversations is, is edutainment, right? You sit here and you get to learn. But it's also important to be able to talk to the educators, right? So if you go to 19keys.com, you can check out my schedule, and you're going to see that I'll be in New York at Teach Jam speaking to the educators. I would love for you all to show up, support it. I love being able to travel around and educate and teach. So anytime I get one of these bookings, I take it very serious and I'm ready to show up and give the proper thought leadership that's needed to take us to where we want to be. And that's from our current level to our highest level. Make sure you go to 19keys.com, check the schedule, support the mission, get your merch, check all of the dates for our tours, anything we got going on, it is all there on site. Peace. But 
back to the point though, like there are all these systems, right, that for mental health, everybody can have a personalized therapist, mm -hmm. right? Whether, you, you know, I, it, it seems very like oh, just get a human or just do the human thing. Mm -hmm. We already in that phase. Yeah. And that's not working. It's not. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I'm not saying use it. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you what some positive use cases could be because we're in a phase where the mental health decline, low education is already bad. Right. Right? If we have these tools, how can we effectively use them and build in a manner to where it makes our movement, our revolution, our progress more efficient? Mm. Right? You are a coder, right? Mm. A technologist and an engineer of sorts. You can build bots, you can clone bots, you understand technology. And there's goods and there are dangers, mm. right? The average person, you know, I think security is a huge thing that we don't think about a lot, mm. right? We see uh, hackers hacking, uh, whether it's, it was crypto wallets, they have been whole casinos now holding it for <laughs> ransom. And I believe that, you know, when quantum computers come online, security threat is the biggest issue because mm -hmm. then nobody's nothing is safe. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because these computers, right, can operate like superhumans. Yeah, yeah. And there 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 are no like code resistant things. You know what I'm saying? So that everybody's we, we see it all the time and we don't think about it. Data breach, <laughs> data breach, yeah. data breach. We get emails about it, Equifax, T Mobile, right? right? I never these, cared either. You are know, part of life. all these data breaches. Back in the day, yeah, that would have shocked you. Like, what? You'd have been tripping. Now <laughs> Every we give our data away so much, but I want you to speak towards number one. How do we? What are some things that people don't know about, like when it comes to security risk and like hacking? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are some of the safeguards a person can do? You know, to try to be more um, secure and protected. Yeah. So, uh, so I personally, if I go out. I don't use Wi-Fi, you know. Um, if it's a why not? So check this out. I can set up a man in the middle kind of attack where me and you are at Starbucks. I can name my hotspot Starbucks Wi-Fi, right? And when you connect, I'm getting an IP, you know, a call from your device connecting to mine, and by way of like, I can see your, all of your local data, so everything in your phone, essentially, because to make a connection to the internet, you need to kind of run your own server. And communication is always two-way, simply put, if you, you know. So, but yeah, I can name my hotspot, Starbucks, you connect to mine, boom, I can see everything on your phone. So what um, kind of data does that give you? Uh, all your files, it can be your passwords, your notes, your pictures. Um, it, it comes up in something we call JSON format in a bunch of dictionaries. But pretty much the entire directory of your phone um, in folder mode for every application, all of those things. Unless the app itself is encrypted, any of the, the information that's funneling through is, is pretty much vulnerable. Um, that's one. Another is on, on the crypto side of thing. I uh, I built an 
app called Key Genie for the Key Gen. It was Key Generator. But it generates code keys that don't get stored, right? So MetaMask, all of these, um, what is what would you call Meta? MetaMask. They're not a wallet themselves. So it's, 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 it's just a, they're like a protocol. Or, it's a wallet. Okay, yeah, so it's a wallet. I think they got a token now. Right, right. They're coming out on one, but it's a wallet. Yeah. So okay. Point being, though, like for them to store your keys, they have to have your information. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, you can go in there, and you can type your password. Let's say my my password is Solar or whatever, and what that does is they'll take my username. They'll make sure the, the my password matches, and then they'll query their own database for my private key. But point being is my private key has to be in their database mm -hmm. for them to connect my fake password to that password. Mm -hmm. And then it triggers it. So meaning I, you know, most people don't even know their private key, but it's MetaMask does. So anybody who can attack their system or, or can segue right. into that can see all of the information. Um so I use my my own keys and you know, I log in manually every time um, a few a few of those but other than that it's it's nothing that you can really protect <laughs> you know what I mean uh, like you said the the biggest vulnerabilities we expose ourselves to for, by signing up to applications and stuff like that um, the in the financial sector I think so here's another thing you know how they, they say don't click on weird links stuff like that emails um, whether it's in a text message that's because when I build a program I can make any button do anything that's the difference between the front-end development and the back-end development the front-end development is how it looks it's a button but on the back end I'm building an algorithm that says this button does this now I can make a button look like it says apply now or join or sign up to something or just click this link but really what it's doing is it's triggering another function right um, the reason hackers work like that is this link is on your computer. When you click it, you're giving me permission. But that algorithm can be saying, oh, open up root folder, open up this file, or extract information from here, X, Y, Z. So uh, it's the most blatantly obvious, but I still encounter people who click on these random links. I still get um, DMs from people on Instagram who were hacked, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't know people still click on, <laughs> click on those links. Mm -hmm. So... But those are those are the most prominent. So those are like phishing attacks. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, those are very prominent in the the crypto world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those phishing attacks where they create the sites. A lot of times you can just look at the email and see there's some fake. They got some generic email. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's not from the actual site. In the yeah, place. yeah, yeah. But it's like it's getting increasingly more dangerous every single day. Especially with new technology, you're ignorant to things. And right. the horror stories don't get out, so you don't think about protecting yourself. You're mm -hmm. kind of naive, right? And just not only that, I mean, like I said, it's a dangerous world. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So we go out and we do a lot of things. We use technology for so many different things, Everything. right? I would just say, don't. number one, sensitive information and it's hard to say don't store it on the phone because yeah. that's kind of what we got the phone for. In the first place. <laughs> but, you know, it's like there's no such thing as like safety when it no. comes to technology, right? Security is mortal's worst enemy. That's what yeah. Shakespeare said. You never say. John McAfee <laughs> used to talk about how, you know, 
it's very easy to hack into an iPhone, mm -hmm. right? And of course, they have, you know, they work with, you know, any agency <laughs> that they want to, to be able to hack into any phone in case mm -hmm. that they need to, to get and extract whatever information off of it at any point in time. Yeah. So, you know, writing stuff down is still key. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, some people use Faraday um, technique, mm -hmm. right, where, you know, you basically create this box to where no signals can come in or out, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, they have those things that they sell that you can put your phone in if yeah. you want to, right, yeah. to kind of like go off grid if that's something that you wanted to do. Um, but it's like in an increase in technological world, these are the things you have to think about the most, mm -hmm. right? You can we encounter people all the time who have skill sets that you may not realize, right? And unless you're thinking about these things, then you don't have any protection at all. Mm. And I think that goes for everybody. Yeah, right? yeah. Every single person in the world. More things are on servers than any other point in time in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and then there's some creative techniques that we don't even know to foresee, mm -hmm. right? And that goes to the point of, you know, yeah, just try to limit as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that you put on the phones, the things that you send, you know, sending people pictures is said to be a no-no because there's metadata within that. All, the, yeah, your location, all your location is in that. Yeah. And there's sites that they can upload that picture, get all of that information. See when it was taken, where. So it's uh, like yeah. these are practices of safety. And I definitely want to come back again and have a longer conversation about this because I think it really deserves its own conversation. The, the AI, right? We, yeah. We, uh, yeah, 100%. Because, 100%. I mean, shoot, there's people out here that, that may not realize, like, this is how a person found me. This is how a person stalked yeah. me. This is how a person got me. And you might not be thinking about the tech side, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or you might not be thinking about that Wi-Fi that you tapped into, right? right? Free Wi-Fi, never free. I guess that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your phone tries to tell you sometimes, like, nope, don't, don't log <laughs> yeah, into no Wi-Fi in this area because I can't protect you. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's set up with these alerts for a reason mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very real. There's a whole dark world beyond the world that you see. Mm -hmm. Right. In every technology, in every case, there's always a world that's veiled. Mm -hmm. Right. And that world is where one that you're the most unprotected. Right. It's the most unsuspecting world ever. Right. Well, the last 30 years, you know, the gap between what programmers knew and the general public who relied on the Internet every day was just so huge. I'd say until like what the last until the social media booms. I'd say people really didn't care about what a programmer could do. You know what I mean? It took those Facebooks and these tech giants, these Amazons kind of to come through for people like, wait, coding, you know? So, but, but prior to that, the people who were developing these systems, we call them black hat and white hat hackers, you know, the, the white hat, they're, they're good guys. They're people who know how to hack and they build systems for prevention. But for the longest time, this, that war was going on forever because let's say I wanted to exploit a system because it, it benefited me. But at some point, I wanted to build, you know, I level up. I build my own company and now I have to kind of protect against the systems that I used to use. Um, but now that there's a, a greater social awareness of technology and how these, uh, how these softwares are working, um, there's a lot more white ha hackers and people 
doing a lot more to make sure that you can't really use the same brute force coding techniques, um, blockchain being one of them. With its vulnerabilities, it's still, it's impenetrable if, if everything was cold wallet, you know what I mean? If we all remembered our private and public keys. Um, but for the longest time, the biggest villains were usually the same people working at the companies. You know what I mean? If I design something for a bank and I notice that the whole bank has no idea about these systems, because most of the time when I'm talking to people, they have no idea what's, what's going on. I spend more time educating clients than I feel like I do working on the projects for them. So um, when you, and you look at the, the history of these people who are doing crazy time for hacking, and um, which usually the FBI will come get you and try to hire you because the hackers were so far ahead of the government. They, they didn't know how to deal with it. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, it was usually employees of these huge companies, the same people building the systems for them who would later either turn around and try to extort them or they would leave some vulnerabilities or backdoors in there so that they can exploit later and just funnel money to themselves. Mm. <laughs> That's deep. Man. So, people, protect yourself out there. Man, time. first of all, I want to thank you for being coming on High Level Conversations. Amen. We definitely got more conversations to have. I'm blessed to be here, brother. We are living Bro. in the evolution of the digital world. Um, there are a lot of things that we should think about as the world continues to advance and the world continues to move, right? Questions that we may don't feel like we have the time to pose. Conversations that we probably won't have in our household is why we're having them here. Because the very nature of reality depends on it. The very nature of reality is being decided by people who do have these conversations, right? I can think of a million ways to implement AI within your business, to consult you about it, to come up with creative ideas. But that's because I spend the time thinking about it, right? The average person doesn't spend the time thinking about how do I control my future? What impact can I have on it? What influence can I have on it? I'm always thinking like that. Right. And that's why I'm always studying these subjects. And that's why I like bringing them to the forefront. These things will affect all communities. It's going to affect you whether you think about it or whether you don't think about it. Right. But you realizing the power that you have to adjust reality by just thinking about it, by adding into the conversation. How can you vote for something that you're ignorant of? So this is why certain regulation has to be left up to the people who actually think about the problem. Right. Because mm -hmm. everybody else, they're part of the problem because they're ignorant of it. So they would allow it to continue to go, continue to go until it becomes so unimaginable or uh, uh, unmanageable. Right. That the problem. Right. Is unimaginable. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are at this frontier. Right. Of educating each other. Educate yourself on AI. Put in the 10,000 hours, right? If you want to tap in with us, of course, we have education that you can tap in. You can learn, whether it's through the workshops, whether learn to implement AI within your business, whether you do media, whether you need it through emails, whether you need it to create more efficiency, whether you're doing images, video, music, right? Whether you're writing, speeches, whatever it may be, Anything. right? This technology can be used, and now you have a resource. Right. So make sure you come tap in, but make sure at the same time, have these conversations, think about the future, have control over it and stay high level. I'm 19 Keys. Keep yourself safe. Peace. Peace.
I mean, I've always been a very multifaceted person. Uh, I, I grew up in an area that's called Newburgh, New York, where some people call it the sixth borough, but the city is right next to the suburbs. Pretty much the suburbs border the city, and, and in the center, it's just a war zone. And outside, it's peaceful, it's quiet. My parents were divorced, so I had to pretty much travel between both uh, growing up, and I feel like that gave me just a perspective that a lot of people didn't have. I saw saw both sides of the coin. So, you know, I was the, the guy in the hood with my guitar and boxing gloves. You know, I was rapping and listening to rock. It was, it was all around me. And, you know, I definitely experienced a lot of the, oh, he, he's different. But it was never, it was never in a, uh, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? Derogatory way. Um, it was always in a, we kind of don't understand them. It's just some weird, we're not even going to try to learn it. So, you know, it, it led to me being not interested in most people and doing my own thing, which helped me cultivate my own skills. Uh, most of my life, I was a musician. So I spent a lot of time uh, teaching myself instruments, uh, reading a lot. So I, I've always been into knowledge, um, the intelligentsia. My mother also was a, a driving force behind that because in my house, you couldn't use words that you couldn't spell, you know, so you get popped in the mouth for that and then you had to go study until you could spell the word. So a number of factors helped me uh, cultivate a, a strong mind and an applicable mind. And in adulthood, you know, it wasn't until two years ago when I decided to take on programming and artificial intelligence. Realistically, I had always told myself if music didn't work out, I'd just go build robots. And that was kind of a, a joke I had for myself. Uh, growing up, I, like I said, I was fascinated with technology, um, a bunch of sci-fi, but I definitely felt like it was out of reach. Um, I, I didn't work hard enough in high school to get the full ride to college, and my, my parents made so much, so many comments often about how expensive college was. I didn't even want to go, right? So I, I went on to pursue music, and I did very well in music for years, but at some point I, um, I sat by myself and I just said, how many more producers do we need? How many rappers do we need? And I, I feel like I'm one of the best in the world. However, to just be of service to our people and to, to be productive, I wanted to uh, fill a void. And I noticed that on, in the tech sector and programming, there's just there's none of us. In AI, there's less than 1% of us in, uh, you know, globally. So I, I dove headfirst. I cut out all of the distractions, all of the Netflix, all of the TV, anything that wasn't um, feeding my desire to learn and actually satiating it. So the shows that I did watch had to do with programming. Um, and you know, I, I remember thinking to myself that a season on Netflix is the equivalent to a college course. So just making those adjustments in my mind uh, and changing my perspective, I, I just buckled down and opened the tech and here we are. You know? Man, first of all, everybody needs a CTO. Everybody needs somebody in the technological field. Um, everybody needs somebody that can do AI programming, um, somebody that can handle coding and background stuff for you. Everybody needs somebody that can just add in, you know, um, 
automation to your business, right? Just for, you know, efficiencies and other things of that nature. You know, you really want somebody who knows what they're doing. I like being around people who are smarter than me. I think it comes down that simple. Um, and specifically in things that they're good at, right? I'm not gonna sit there and argue with this brother about coding. I don't know it. If I did, then I would. <laughs> but I can't do that. And so there's, I am a person that has a lot of ideas and I have really good ideas. And so they go to waste if we can't implement that. You know what I'm saying? So having people that have the expertise to help bring ideas into reality is the dream within itself, right? So, you know, I'm always surrounded by people that do really dope things. Um, and so, yeah, this was, you know, me just me introducing you to somebody that I know that's usually in the background, bringing them to the forefront. And, you know, it wasn't just a conversation, of course, about, you know, coding, um, but more so, you know, about the thought processes, the philosophical nature of things as well. I think a lot of times we just have to get into the point of like thinking, the art of thinking itself. It changes the way we go about doing things, changes the way we live when you have a way of thinking about everything. And sometimes we don't dive deep into like one long stream of thought, right? And this stops us from really building from a deep rooted place because most of our thought processes are shallow and they just mimic the world around us that tell us what to think. So we become very reactionary and very passive about what influences us and the actions that we take based on those influences. So growing up, I, I love reading different philosophers and how they engage thought and went deep on it because I believe that's the whole point of having a brain and having this thought process in the first place. And from there, you can truly draw out new realities. From there, you, you draw out a completely different way of going about your world. This world is built on very deep philosophies, books and books and books and books on ideas about love and war and emotions and technology and spirituality and, you know, the nature of the mind and, you know, science and psychology and all of these different things, society. And so you, if you want to see a better world, how about we think about a better world? How about we go as deep as the people who built the world that we live in so that when it's time for us to build our own world, we have a deep-rooted consciousness about the foundation that we're building on. It's funny because when I wanted to, to learn how to program, I immediately looked up what would be the most profitable things in the next few years. It was blockchain and artificial intelligence. So. I learned how to build a blockchain from scratch. I wasn't even interested on how to interact with them, all of the dApp stuff that everybody was into. I wanted to know how they worked and functioned in and out so that I can build them and offer uh, private chains to companies. And same with artificial intelligence. I knew, this was two years ago, I knew that every company would soon have a, a chatbot. This is when you know, you go on GoDaddy, they have one. A lot of sites had them, but they were rule-based chatbots, meaning the responses are pre-programmed. Um, so I, that, that was my plan. I, I projected that if I can get enough corporate clients um, and handle some maintenance, I'd be good. I still undervalued myself, uh, you know, immediately jumping in, go through that. I went through that imposter syndrome, not knowing how qualified I was for a given task. and. I guess those feelings made me overcompensate. I studied harder, I studied harder, and I got to a level that, you know, before I knew it, I was better than most programmers and engineers, and I'd go to hire people who were 
fresh out of university and I knew more about the infrastructures of applications than they did. I knew how algorithms work more than they did. So I realized that I was good enough to, I should be leading teams, I should have more resources, uh, but I still had no objective uh, assessment of what my work was worth. Obviously clients are not going to tell you. So you know, I, I just stayed consistent. I kept posting uh, my, my projects. I entered a few hackathons um, with OpenAI, Anthropic AI, made a name for myself with both companies and established a very good relationship with OpenAI. Uh, I sent them a number of model contributions for GPT-NEO about a year and a half ago, which were later integrated into GPT 3.5. And this was before OpenAI even had a website that you could use and go talk to their chatbots. Um, so I was able to leverage that as a, as a nice resume, um, resume staple there to take to other companies. And most recently I had a client that had wanted me to integrate AI into a system. And I told him that I was using one of my models where Whereas he thought that we'd be integrating a third-party solution like OpenAI or GPT. And when he heard about my plans for my company and the model, and that I had a number of them, he asked how much it would cost to, to get the model. So um, I sold it for $1.3 million. We did the assessment by gauging how much equity I'd get in the platform that I'm building for him. So I'm also getting equity in the platform. And that has allowed me to expand a little bit, open up my own space, and you know oversee teams. But again, it, I I can't emphasize enough how much it really it, it comes from the difference between me and these other developers. It's it's those small things in the mind. I I didn't see no other alternative. Um, you know, me and Keys we spoke on belief before I knew that I was or how I was going to be successful. I told myself I would be. I told myself exactly how much I'd make, and I lived it. I, uh, I made sure that I was that X factor to fit that reality. And just by staying consistent, delivering on projects, over-delivering, and staying on top of my craft, becoming, I, I consider myself a standard, if not the standard, for independent developers. Um, and yeah, so I'm just blessed. Uh, the vision for 19 Keys AI is to be able to duplicate myself, um, to do number one task work for me digitally, um, but also, you know, for 19 Keys consultancy, right? Because I can program a lot of my framework on how I think and how I go about, you know, building and doing things into the AI system. And I can't always give people access to me, but I can give them access to the AI, right? So in with it being specifically customized and built based on, you know, my way of thinking and my way of doing things, it'll be, you know, the next best thing talking to me, right? So, you know, we might have to attach an uh, avatar to that, but it's like Google. Just think of like Google, but uh, uh, 19 keys Google. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you're going to ask it questions, and it's going to answer based on the parameters that I would give it. And so, therefore, you're getting that 19 keys, you know, um, thought process. So it's like you know having a thought leader in your pocket. I I think in two months, 
a person could be a, a basic coder, and that's like with general programming, understanding how it works, and um, you know everything else after that would be self-study. I'm big on teaching people how to learn, you know, and I feel uh, that's that's the job school failed. But the the things that you need to know to become a programmer, and this is my this is the way I outline it, is first I teach a variable. What is a variable? Well, this equals this, right? Uh, my name is a variable, right? So just defining things because when you build a program, everything needs a name and needs to be defined because when you reference it, you need to call it something, right? So giving everything a name, that's step one. Understanding how operators work. Operators are just math. So uh, most coding software has calculators built into it because um, all computers are calculators, essentially. But understanding how to perform mathematic calculations by way of program, what these formulas look like, where do I need to put certain parentheses to do division versus multiplication, etc. After I teach those basic things, I teach data structures, how to store information. Um, your username and passwords, when you go into a, uh, a website, that's stored somewhere. Your Instagram comments, your DMs, that's all stored somewhere, and they exist in these data structures that, that are a must-know for programming. And then after that, I get into if-then statements, um, writing actual algorithms. If this happens, then do this. But that's all predicated on what? The variables we name. So if something happens to this variable, um, perform this mathematic calculation. Now we have an algorithm. And for there, from there, people are on their way to becoming developers. Yeah, I would say one of the main focuses should be the art of prompting. Um, prompting within itself is basically a command to get a response out of whatever particular software program you're working. So if it's ChatGPT and I wanted to write a book, it's going to say, okay, what kind of book, right? And the prompt may say, okay, well, write me a book about a science fiction about an alien that falls in love with a human and then no longer wants to destroy Earth. But it's gonna need more context. So now it's gonna say, okay, I need you to write it like a particular author. I need you to write it like it was in the 18th century with old English. So now, or write it like Shakespeare would write it so that it's more poetic. Or I can give it specifics about demographics that I wanted to uh, write for. So the, write it for the ages of people between 18 and 35. So now it's gonna go back to the drawing board and then rewrite it. And, you know, prompting is really at the same time the art of or art of getting the most out of AI efficiently. Right. Because it's not just from a tech standpoint. There's there's text to music. There's text to video. Right. And unless you know different like like, you know, different styles when it comes to video. Right. Whether it's different filters, different directors, different lenses. All of that can be used in the prompt so that you get out a particular style. A person may have an idea in their head, but they can't describe what's in their head because they have no experience on the mechanics that's required to bring that to life. So being able to describe that in detail allows you to be able to utilize these programs in a way to be efficient. So know that AI doesn't replace the job because it creates a new job, which is the person that needs to use the AI which is, you know, creating efficiencies. 
So it's like for me, prompting is like one of the number one things. If you can teach these children how to use the technology, they can get the most out of it. How do they go about doing research? How do they go about utilizing data, right? How do they go about, you know, utilizing, you know, Zapier to connect plugins, right? That connects all your websites together so that they can work congruent with each other. Right. So if I tell ChatGPT, I want you to run a blog. Right. And I connect that ChatGPT to Shopify through a Zapier. Right. And y'all can learn about that, you know, through, you know, BWO if you want to or, you know, AI things that we got going on. Then it can automatically connect it and run that for me. But these are things that you may not know about. I was talking to a brother. He was sitting there doing a. He's, he was taking I was in New York and he was busy for like days because he said he was preparing this report. And I'm like, man, why don't you just ask me? I could have showed you some different tools that you could have used that probably could have cut down that time by like by a third. Right. You could have been done probably within hours. But he's doing things the old fashioned way. And that to me, you know, is an issue because now I can't connect with bro and he can't get it fast. So now we can't get that time to be able to connect and have this meeting because all your time is now being, you know, dried up doing one task when we're in 2023 and there's tools to help you get that task done in a much more effective way. So, you know, teaching these students prompting allows them to be able to go into different places and have a value, right? Whether you're a photographer and you learn how to get better effects out your pictures, right? Because you just shot it at a wedding and you learn how to use the AI to help you do some editing or background recreation or whatever it may be, or whether you are a CAD designer or and, and or you can just not be a designer at all, but you know prompting and you say, hey, if you just draw me out a sketch of your idea, then I'm gonna come up with an industrial design for it that will be ready to go take to a engineer or um, you know production. So that's a, a, an assistance or help that a person can utilize. Like, there's so many different ways, and so I think that what colleges are doing in high schools where they're trying to ban ChatGPT, they're doing the opposite for those students, right? Because we are we're in a world where they should be teaching them how to use it, right? There's teaching them how to use their mind, yes, but then it's teaching them skills that may be outdated for what their future would be, that may be very valuable for your present and your past, but not their future. So you're grading them on the wrong criteria of what's value in the first place. So, you know, we also want to put out a textbook um, that teaches these things as well so that you can sort of have like a comprehensive outline. So if people want to tap into that, of course, make sure you all text the number that's at the bottom of the screen, you know, text AI. Um, and we have make sure that, you know, you learn how to implement AI in your daily life and your business um, within developing skills, whether at the same time you want to learn coding, things of that nature is here, it's available. And we want to make sure that nobody, you know, um, is without the power to utilize the technology of today. I'm 19 Keys and this is High Level Conversation. Tap in with the guy. Peace family, human here. We love to reward the quest for knowledge, so we have something special for you. We are giving away a free computer and also a programming course. All you have to do is go to High Level Conversations, the audio, subscribe, give it five stars, leave a like and a comment, and uh, you'll be eligible to be entered into a raffle. And you'll hear from us soon.
Every generation there exists tools to change the lives of those at the bottom class and at the top. These tools are things like the internet or the printing press or the light bulb. It represents innovation, paradigm shifts for generations to come. Those who have the education are able to take full advantage of the innovation by setting themselves up as the industry leaders, the most qualified and skilled, so where they can teach the world what's to come because they are the ones that build it. It's starting to feel like even though you have access to all this information, most people still don't know how to use it. It's like the world is getting tested, but you need a cheat code in order to make sure that you pass it. People feel like the algorithm is against us, well, what if I told you that we built the algorithm that was for you? In the block world order, it's about technology, it's about community, and it's about education. And giving you the opportunity to free yourself to make sure that you're not waiting on the next generation and the next tool and the next technology and the next update to be free. You come on this journey and this ride with us, we'll make sure that you grow with us, you build with us in a manner to where you won't be left behind. Won't be left behind. There's perfection, and then there's greatness. Perfection is a state you reach, but it can never be consistent because the moment that you move is no longer in that same perfect state. Your goal is to reach greatness, but I want greatness to be normalized. I don't want it to be something that only this 1% have access to. This new 1% that runs parallel to it are those who understand how to innately tap into their gifts. See, I look at the way that the world has been created and the way that the world is consistently being ran. When you have monarchies, Monarch they can just tell you that they bloodline are more world than everybody else. They create rules, they create seals, they put it on paper, and the rest of the world starts to follow that forever. Now that's power. It's not perfect, but it's great. Now we got new systems, blockchain. These systems sit there to challenge the existing systems, where new seals, new families, new records, new history can be created. But what does that matter if you're not educated and you're consistently distracted? They said because of social media, this new technology, it has actually made people more distracted and less focused. So therefore, they said the average person can only focus somewhere around seven to 10 seconds. <laughs> now for me, I think that's terrible. The reason I think it's terrible because we have access to more information than any other people at any other point in time, yet, we don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's value, and what's bull. So it's not about just having information, it's about the curation of information. Who's bringing it to you? Who can cipher it? What type of community and environment that you are in? Because growth comes from the three E's, education, exposure, and experience. See, if you can curate your education, then you can make sure that you're not just getting new knowledge, you're getting valuable knowledge that's actually applicable to your freedom and your power. You understand me? Now, the exposure is your environment because everything that you observe, you see, you feel, you hear, you become the embodiment, you vibrate at that rate. So if you're not surrounded by wealth, how can you ever vibrate, magnify, magnetize, and attract it to your reality? I was talking with my brother Idris Sandu the other day, and we were talking about the difference between manifestors and alchemists. See, some people, they can drop a thought, draw it into their universe, and build wealth and attract the right things to them. And other people, they work with what they have to be able to produce it, regardless of where they are. See, some people, you have to understand whether you're a generator or you're a manifestor, and understanding your human design and your blueprint. 
Therefore, it gives you the right mindset. So when I say 80% mindset, 20% skill set, I mean that. But see, if you don't have the right mindset, you can't develop the right skill set. Most of you, I took courses in education and financial literacy, but when you look in your environment, you don't feel no financial liberation. We want to liberate you by helping you change the way that you think and giving you access to new education, technology, and tools that can help you enhance and give you an edge in the marketplace. You go try to try a test today in school or you can get out of high school and they tell you to take this test, you won't feel so confident. Whether it's social studies, mathematics, geography, no matter what it is. But if they tell you we'll give you the cheat codes, everybody feel like they go pass it. And see, back in the day, teaching each other and giving each other the answers, they said it was cheating, they said it was wrong. But I'm here to tell you it's no longer wrong. I want to teach you how to cheat. The reason we want to teach you how to cheat because we want to give you the codes. We want to give you the answers because they've been hidden from you for so long that you deserve it. You deserve to have your mind right, your spirit right, your finances right. You understand me? You deserve a better life. But that can only come with better decisions, better investments, and better opportunities. In the block world order, this is what we stand for. The right community, the right education, the right technology. Through this test of life, we'll give you the cheat codes to make sure that you pass. Tap in. Come and join the block world order. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.